mark the end of one era and mark the beginning of another. T-E-T-Z. The end times continue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the end times continue recording on this, the 27th of August. I am Dino, and you are. Nice. Man, Man, uh, one of the hottest days on record in South Texas in history. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. what, for it today? Yep. Oof. Are, are you guys, like, uh, do you have, like, a bunch of fans going, I hope? Or, like, spr- do you have your sprinkler system going? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, I just turned off the AC for recording. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> I think the listeners should just not care and you should turn it back on if you get too hot. Well, the, uh, the thing is, I can get it mostly gated out, but then the gate gets too aggressive and I start, like, yeah. being very choppy. It's it's just a pain. Mm-hmm. So it's just easier yeah. to have it off for the couple of hours that we record. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the reasons, by the way, that, like, people are people ask for three and four and five hour episodes. It's like, no, my AC's <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope the listeners appreciate your suffering for that. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm sure they really appreciate my suffering. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you guys. Um, no, the uh, the yeah, it's been it's been ridiculously, ridiculously hot. Um, Galveston posted some extreme temperatures. Uh, it, it's just not not good. It's not good. Yeah. Oof. And then you got oof. these commercials. You got these commercials on television. Summer might be coming to an end, but the deals at 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 Johnny Dickwater Honda are are just <laughs> getting hot. And it's like you <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Yeah. While people are like dying in their cars right now, it's like exactly. Peak, it's like oh, great, fantastic. Thank Summer you. might be coming Thank to you, an Brand. end. It's ex- oh, I just want to. Yeah. <laughs> um anyway how have you been <laughs> oh pretty good pretty good well I, I i was i was doing okay today and then i'm like you know what I, i'm gonna do something for the listeners i'm going to force myself to watch the republican debate it's such and a kind thing you did for the listeners and, uh, and i hate it every moment <laughs> <laughs> i gotta say though i gotta say uh, i think you and i both mm-hmm. have a bit of some some uh uh maybe not a mea culpa but just uh, i think we got something wrong yeah no abs- i i agree yeah i think we both uh, i think we both absolutely called it wrong on uh yeah. ramaswari Ram- Ram- ramaswami i can't remember Ram- what Ram- the- ramaswami ramaswami yes yeah. I, I think i uh, think both both of us uh did not see it no <laughs> yeah i i also wonder if it's a thing though right where it's like i you know not to take away from his performance but he is up there with a bunch of geriatrics uh you know <sighs> yes and yes. it's also like people who are very low energy to quote donald trump uh and who just really really don't have it so yeah. I, I think in comparison, I, 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 I'm willing to say I was wrong, right? So I, and I am saying that. I, I did not think he would do as well as he did. I thought he had zero um, juice. I thought he had zero juice. Turns yeah. out he's got juice. Uh, I've right. I called it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but also, it's also true, I think, that the, the, the people on the stage have negative juice. Yes. So that's also increasing the contrast. 
Uh, between Ramaswamy. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's and, kind of the thing. The but honestly, I think that's one of the things that you and I kind of looked over was this idea yeah, that, no, absolutely. that he's going to be up there, even though you and I think he has no juice. And in normal political times, he probably yeah. wouldn't have. But yeah, but uh, no, he was very if you want to talk about charisma, he had the most charisma of all of them on there. And that and obviously it, means a lot in politics. And he looked really good because they were all yes. going after him. Yes, the, yes, and he, he, in fact, he was, uh, he played it very well. He, he was able it. to, like, and he also had the audience on his side, too. I don't think I heard the audience boo him a single time, whereas they booed Chris Christie for, like, I don't know, 20 seconds, and they had to tell him to yeah. shut up. Yeah. Uh, because, like, uh, you know, so it was like he played his cards right. Uh, and like, certainly, and we were talking about this before the show started, but w- whenever you can get people on a debate stage to attack one person, that person is usually deemed the front runner because yes. obviously they're attacking him for a reason. Right? Everyone's after this guy because he's the biggest yes. threat. Right. Yeah, exactly. And even if that wasn't true before it went in, maybe it was like maybe they just thought that and it wasn't true that he was going to be the front runner. But now they kind of created a self-fulfilling prophecy where he definitely is now because they all went after him. You know, it's um, possible, so too, kinda, that some of them kind of had the strategy on and this might be the strategy of the more sort of entrenched Republican Party machine is that. This dude is a Trumpian style candidate, and we don't want that. We want to get rid of that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, everybody needs to dogpile this guy and try and kill him. The problem is he knew exactly what was coming, and he punched. For every punch, there was a a pretty solid counterpunch right out of him, and it was really, really good. When he called Nikki Haley out for working for Raytheon. Oh, man, uh, I wish you the best of luck when you're on the board at Lockheed and Raytheon. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's also it's also, you know, yeah, you, I have to always separate my libertarian glasses. I have to take my libertarian glasses off whenever I'm like trying to like um, judge things from a more like center point of view. Right. Where it's like I'm just judging how well he did. There's the anarchist told, I hate all view. these people. Yes, absolutely. There's the anarchist <laughs> worldview. And then there's the real yeah. politique sort of glasses that you can write things with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like I went the whole time I was watching is like, man, if only the earth would like open up beneath them and swallow oh, yeah. them, that'd be real great. It'd be wonderful. It's, it's like, oh man, the policy proposals uh, are just like atrocious. Uh, what was, uh, uh, well, well, actually, both Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy has said this in the past, but then, um, um, DeSantis was talking about like how we should like militarily invade Mexico to stop to stop I cartel members. Stole that, I think he stole that talking point from Vivek. Yeah, I I, I think that's probably I think that's probably correct. Yeah, but then you had <laughs> things just, like you remember. I mean, this is the thing that he did that I think was really effective. Is he drew a line mm-hmm. between himself and the party politics machine? And he drew that line, yes, and he drew that line very effectively. And for example, Chris Christie had that stupid canned line where he said he sounded, he responded like chat GPT, which I I would just want to look at him and say, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I want to, I want to, I want to inquire that as well. What do you mean by that, Chris? But when he said, but Chris Christie just sort of threw it and then skipped over it because I think that it was, and I was talking to my dad about it. He agreed that was a can line he had in the back of his pocket to just pull out on somebody 
and he did it there, right. and that's why it didn't fit. Yeah. It's because it was a canned line. Right. Right, because, uh, yeah, out of all of them, like, you think that response would be more ap- applicable if it was directed at someone who was, like, a, a party line establishment where you know what they're yes. going to say before they say it? That's not really... That's not that wasn't as, as yeah, That was the least apl- applicable person he could have used that line on. Yes. Um, and then he also said, uh, you know, last time we had a guy with a funny name and, and no experience, it was Obama. And I thought the response to that was great. He just turns to him and says, well, come give me a hug. Help me get elected the way you right. did him. And it yeah. was like, oh, yeah. shit. This dude can counterpunch really, really effectively. <laughs> right. Yeah. There was, um, uh, and, and so, yeah, I think uh, Ramaswamy is definitely, like, you know, out of all of them, the front runner, probably at this point, for sure. Uncontested, um, DeSantis, as far as I, I could see. I thought uncontested pitiful. Oh, I thought DeSantis yeah. was dead in the water. Dude, um, well, we DeSantis, talked about how his Mike soul Pence, is gone. Yeah, yeah, dude, dude. Um, when I was watching that, it, it was like, do you you know, like when those when those kids like in kindergarten who aren't getting enough attention, so they start butting in, talking about like you know all the cool stuff they did. That's yes. what DeSantis reminded me of. Like mm-hmm. he feels like he's just exuding this vibe uh, that he's trying to overcompensate uh, yes. or something. You know, he's trying to, you know, which you know all of them are doing to some extent. But it, it felt the most like inauthentic from. Um, uh, from DeSantis, I, I think. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I felt like DeSantis, uh, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, and Chris Christie are just dead in the water. And then the other two I didn't even recognize. <laughs> I think uh, Nikki Haley might have a shot if the machine gets behind her. But, but the other three, oh, yeah. But outside uh, of that, yeah, I agree it's with all you. The, yeah. It was, um, it, it was just atrocious listening and then you know putting my you know libertarian glasses back on um everything they said just amounted to man i love cops uh yes i agree (laughs) it was very right wing but it was also i mean here's the thing too uh, you know to give the devil his due um Mm -hmm. vivek talked about he talked uh he talked about getting rid of the department of education he talked about school choice he talked about things that are good things i think in in an uncontested sort of way i think these things are really good things that are only bad things to you know political controllers um right so there were some things there that he said that were good he's also a nut bar who wants to start a war with mexico because of the drug trade rather than just legalizing drugs and getting rid of it that way yeah but (laughs) he seems to think yeah and and all of them seem to think that you know how we stop the drug problem is we just start enforcing the law uh, as if it's not being enforced yeah. right now. What do you think they're uh, doing you know? now? <laughs> huh. Interesting. Why yeah. is 50% so, of the prison population there for drugs? I think it was, I could be wrong, but I, I, I th- you know, here's the thing, right? Whenever politicians talk about, you know, I'm going to slash, you know, all these departments and do all these things, but then they're like, I want to empower the police. And I think Ramaswamy said something almost verbatim like that oh yeah talking, i well, think he was when he was asked about like drugs and their crime and stuff like that in general it's very and much it's along like, the lines of like the unleash the cops rhetoric that we saw a couple yeah. of years ago from some of the post-libertarian uh, sort of yeah side i i just i truthfully i i don't trust any politician when they say something that sounds good and when they say something bad i do think that's genuine usually yes. from a libertarian perspective i agree so it's like so it's like you know uh maybe that happens maybe you know it's possible but i just don't trust someone who's like yes let's empower more police to do more things uh this is the thing too 
I, I think there's I think there yeah. is a deep lack of experience with the criminal justice system with all of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for sure. They, they've never worked with it up close. They've never seen the way it functions. And so their their position on it is like, well, cops are the sprinkle that you put on something that makes thing good. And it's like, well, no, right. that's actually very much not the case. But they don't know that yeah. because they've never dealt with it. They've never seen the inside of a courtroom outside of, you know, when they're suing somebody for a trademark issue or some right. shit. Like, right. they've never yeah, actually it's... dealt with the criminal justice system. And it was obviously, like, you know, red meat for conservatives out there. They were, you know, we believe in law and order, cops, and Jesus. Yeah. And, and you know, that's what we believe in. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's just, it's just like, oh, well, well there it is. There's their quota. You know, they yeah. got to hit their quota for referencing it. Um, but it, it's, it's very much like... Uh, uh, I, when, when they're talking about issues like this, and, and, you know, obviously, you know, sure, they're playing to their base, and someone could make the argument, yeah, they always play to their base, and then when the when the actual general election comes down, they, they play more towards the center. That's, sure, that's true, but I've never, I don't think I've, I, most of these people, to me, don't, they seem to me, like, people always say that, oh, well, you know, they're just, a lot of people just lie in the primaries, and their true self gets revealed in the general. I don't know sure. why people would necessarily think that when it could be the reverse. It could be that their their true self is in the primary and then they just lie in the general. Or they could be lying all the time, of course. But you know, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? So like, uh, sure, they could tone down the, you know, the cop rhetoric as it gets closer, but I don't think so. No Republican in my recent memory has ever been like, oh yeah, we don't like cops actually. Uh, you yeah. know, that's happened, to, I mean, for like a big politician, right? <clears throat> big, you know, on the presidential stage. There's been some conservatives as of late who have kind of turned on cops but generally speaking most of them are like no i love the government so i, I don't know it, it, it's very much just like yeah speaking objectively about this i think ramaswamy did great in the in the I think he did debate. very well yeah i mean he, he did uh-huh. as 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 political debate performances go it was very good it was yeah, he stood solid. out from the rest which is what you want to do yes um in a debate like that for sure and he proved uh, that but, he was a threat he proved them right He's absolutely yeah. a threat because he was counterpunching all right. over that stage. They couldn't get a hit in on him. Yeah. yeah. And he, I, he says some things that sound good, specifically like getting rid of like, um, you know, the, the regulatory state and stuff like that. Yeah. That all sounds fantastic. I just don't believe him. <laughs> I just don't trust them. I agree. Uh, at all. Uh, and it's also like, you know, obviously this, it's not made for me, right? I'm not the target audience exactly. for these people. So obviously, you know, it's like, of course, I'm going to say that, uh, but it is what it is. Think about this, though, too. This is something that uh, Lady Jane brought up, actually. I I was talking about him and his performance and the fact that he seems to have Mm -hmm. juice and and all this. And she said, yeah, but he can't win the primary. And I said, why is that? And she said, well, simple fact is he's Hindu. I think that is. Yeah, I think that is also going to play a role. I think so, too. I yep. think so, too. And I think how much of a role it's going to play will be revealed when someone calls him I on, it on, a, on a, in a public way. When someone I didn't says, think he was also... you're not even Christian, I think the response yeah. to that will tell us how much that matters. Right. And also, I, I, you know, he's Hindu. Uh, and I also thought, you know, there might have been some, not explicit, right? But there was some slight, uh, like, racial undertones to how Chris Christie treated him as well. 
uh, like you know, that had you know, weird having a weird oh, yeah. name was one of the things he called oh, him out yeah. for or something. As the if guy that's an with own. A weird last name was Obama. And it's like, yeah. first of all, well, I've never heard that, that name. Weird right. last name. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Obama's that's be just like one much. syllable off from O'Brady. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I agree with you. That felt that yeah. there felt like there was racial tension there when he said that. And I was like, hold on. <laughs> yeah. People what what like do you this. mean by that, Chris? Yeah, what <laughs> do you mean by that? <laughs> no, that's exactly how it felt. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really did. The the uh, I don't know, but I am I did love I did love Chris Christie getting booed for like 20 minutes. So, oh, that was great. Uh that was great to see. It was great. I want to know who the guys out on the wings of the stage were. I mean, yeah, there's, okay. like a, there's like yeah. a random billionaire running. Yeah. Well, and then uh, the North Dakota governor, I think, right? I don't remember his name. Um, uh, but he had he had a very presidential stature. Like, when I think about American presidents, that guy looked like a, a president just in terms of, like, physicality. Yeah, of the people who have been present previously. Yes. You know what I mean? Like he looks like he could be painted in a portrait from 1800 or something. Yes. Uh, that type of thing. But yeah, I, I, I don't do. know about any of these people. <laughs> it's like I'm watching the band. It's like you know, I, I I try to like stay out as much as I can of like political goings on all the time. So obviously, I'm not going to know these people. But I really didn't know these people at no, all, I which really, is fine. Very much, you know, which is fine. Honestly, it's the kind of situation where like Chris Christie or or DeSantis or uh, Vivek could have looked at him and just gone, "Who are you?" Like, I, you know, I was I actually, I was most surprised. responded positively to that. <laughs> yeah, and it was also, I was most surprised, honestly, by Chris Christie being up there. I had no idea that guy was running. I thought he, he blew out his political career in, like, 2016. Like, what happened? Why are you here again? This is a dude who is a career politician. He wants to keep climbing that ladder yeah. so fucking badly. And yeah. it's just oh, never no, going to no. happen for him. And I'll, I'll tell you what, too. A good yeah. chunk of the reason it's never going to happen for him is because he's a fat fuck who doesn't carry himself with any dignity. He can't I, sell well, how fat he is. He'll also always be haunted by that picture of when he closed down oh, the yeah. beaches in New Jersey and then he was out there with his family mm -hmm. uh, while they were closed. Uh, I think that was like a huge mark against him, you know, and, and things like that. And also just the fact that uh, I thought he just got completely embarrassed in what was it, 2016? He did. That I, I can't, like, he's the Jeb Bush he of this election. He embarrassed himself I, I, the other night. Right, yeah. right. Or actually, I, I was going to say he's the Jeb Bush. I take that back. Pence is the Jeb Bush of the election cycle. <laughs> uh, Pence, Pence is going to get, uh, like, bullied. He's going to get pushed down the stairs like a toddler. Um, it's going to be super funny. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's going, he's going to get absolutely demolished. Uh, that's my prediction. Pence, um, I, I feel like Pence is running a zombie campaign and has been since, are, he, since like the, the tweet where he announced that nobody cared about. Yeah. There are too many people, too many diehard Trump voters, which make up a large part of the Republican voting base mm -hmm. that hate his guts. There is no way in hell that he will ever be nominated unless yep. like the, the Republican, the RNC pulls some bullshit uh, out of their ass. And, oh, yeah. and it would be a machine. Like, it would be a machine play. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be real sort of uh, Democratic support, yeah. Democratic in the right. sense of democracy among the Republicans. Yeah, it right, would be right. it would yep. be a machine play. Yeah. 
Well, very much like Biden was. Biden was a machine play. Biden oh, 100%. was hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's the same thing. Yeah. Yep. All the all those people dropping out and forming what what uh, Justin Robert Young called centrist Voltron in order to support Biden, and that gave him the yeah. nomination. I mean, that's what that was yeah. a that was a pol- political machine at work. And I think it was a good decision from their perspective, from a, oh, a yeah. Democrat political perspective, that probably won them the election. Milk toast, safe, former vice vice yep. president, not offensive, yep. inoffensive. Uh, you know, the, all that is the yep. right play to make against Trump. Who can say? Yeah, old grandpa who can say, remember the good times, you know, yep. and stuff like that. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the the kind of old grandpa who can say, if you don't support me, you ain't black and nobody really calls him on it. <laughs> right. It's like, right. Well, that's just yeah. Grandpa Joe. Yeah. Jesus. What an absolute fucking moron. Oh, there was one thing I wanted to bring up before we move on. Yeah. And I didn't bring this up to you before the show. So this is a I'm, I'm surprising you with this topic. No. Yeah. Um, Go for it. So. The BRICS are expanding. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yep. Um, let me get the full list. Because... Do you want to tell people what that is for people who have no yes, idea what BRICS is? I will. That I did not know last week until you explained it to me. <laughs> yes, I will. Um, so the BRICS is an economic block that, that is at its core made up of Brazil, Russia, India, South Africa... And, uh, no, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, that's what BRICS yeah. stands for, B-R-I-C-S. Yep. And the, they've existed since, like, 2010. They kind of came across my radar in about 2011, 2012, when uh, the No Agenda show talked about them. And mm-hmm. this was back when, do you remember in, like, the 2000s when the scary currency was the gold dinar? You may not remember this. Uh, yeah, I, vaguely, I do vaguely. Yeah, oh, that was the, the kind of thing where it's just like, they're going to try and make that the reserve currency. Well, mm-hmm. there have been people since kind of the mid-2000s, you know, since sort of the U.S. got really deep into the war on terror, talking about the fact that the dollar is 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 not stable enough to continue to be the world reserve currency uh-huh. past, like, 2050. And and this can't... The, the dollar is eventually going to replace by the, be, be replaced as the world reserve currency. That's its only for that's the only force that gives it any value right now is the fact that it is the world reserve currency and once that is over the dollar collapses okay that's that's pretty much mm-hmm. that's kind of that's pretty much agreed upon there are very few people who say well if the dollar quit oh, yeah. being the world reserve currency it would still have any value now, very few people make that argument right. on on any side of any political discussion whatever it is whatever kind of economic school you're come from you're coming from most people say if the dollar is no longer the world reserve currency it's over um and so the BRICS was this economic block that formed, and I started yelling about it in, like, 2012. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be a threat. This is going to be a threat. And things like that started to bear out when China and Russia started the deal to build the Belt and Road. Um, there was that mysterious, do you remember that w- w- mysterious little color revolution that happened in Kazakhstan a couple of years ago? Well, it turns out mm-hmm. that's the hub of the Belt and Road, so I'm wondering who learned their foreign policy from the U.S., <laughs> um, the it it just makes too much sense, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the this 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 whole economic block has been forming, and now you have a bunch of uh, soft economies, developing economies, and poor economies adopting as their sort of reserve currency the Chinese yuan, and they are, and that is the BRICS sort of like intention is that come is that countries adopt this this currency as their reserve currency. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so a lot of soft economies started doing that. Economies from, from nations, like, like, you know, nations that can't afford to hold dollars because it's too valuable. Mm-hmm. Well, they can hold you on and get into a, a reserve currency while not, you know. Right. Well, well, yeah, yeah. The thing that places the dollar as the as the reserve currency is is the petrodollar. It's the fact that the oil companies and the and yes. the oil producing nations, OPEC in, in particular nations, want dollars. That's what they want to trade in. That's what they right. value. The dollar is backed by oil, not gold. Yes, exactly. That's Black exactly gold. right. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it turns out <laughs> at the beginning of next year in January. Um, the block is going to be expanding uh, th- uh, Thursday of last week. The BRICS block uh, agreed to admit Saudi Arabia, Iran, Ethiopia, Egypt, uh, Argentina, and the UAE. Oh, that's, that's pretty big. That's fucking huge. Because where yeah. Saudi Arabia goes, so goes OPEC. <laughs> yep. And this this whole sort of thing, Saudi Arabia is huge, Iran's huge, and the UAE are huge. That's your; those are your. <laughs> again, th- th- this is where o- this these people control OPEC. They make the decisions for OPEC. <laughs> another thing, another place, uh, another thing where I can write down: man, nuclear energy would have prevented this uh, mm-hmm. if we had just invested in it like fifty years ago. Absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. Um. So the, the, uh, the, the, the concern now becomes, and here's the thing, I've had a lot of people, especially recently, telling me and, and, and saying, just generally seeing them saying, that the bricks are not a threat, I'm not concerned about the bricks, I'm not concerned about the bricks. Okay, fine. No one's saying you have to be. But w- w- this is how this goes if this goes poorly. Mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia, the UAE, Iran, the rest of OPEC start to accept Chinese yuan instead of dollars. Eventually, they make a full, a full shift. If the United States dollar right. does not have... If the petrodollar is gone, the dollar is gone. Yeah. Yep. And it won't matter how many school teachers have progress f- pride flags hanging up in their classrooms because you won't know where your next meal is coming from. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. If this goes the way I think Russia and China want it to go, what's the old classic saying? It's uh, the economics stupid. Yes, always. <laughs> and this has been my concern with the right for the past several years yeah. now. Has been yeah. you people? Would you look at the goddamn money? Look at the money. Look at the money. What Adine, is happening Adine, there's to a your drag money? Queen, there's a drag queen walking down my sidewalk. What are we gonna do? <laughs> well, you know what? You're in luck because they're not gonna be able to afford a dress in the next five years. <laughs> Problem fucking solved, I guess. Dean, there's a naked drag queen walking down my sidewalk now. You get the dude. You're right. You're fucking right. It's 100. percent exactly next. <laughs> oh my god! Good call. Yeah, that's how that goes. <laughs> Oh, 
Uh, anyway, I just wanted to be that. I know there's a lot of people who really yeah. don't want the bricks to be a threat. And you know what? It's possible they're not. It's absolutely yeah. possible they're not. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> but yeah. the rise of an alternative reserve currency is something to be concerned about. And, and people are just like, well, it's only soft economies and, and, and developing economies and, and frankly shitty economies. It's only the first three dominoes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's only, don't worry, guys. It's only the first three dominoes that went down. You don't build a reserve it's, currency it's, overnight. It's, yeah. But when South America starts getting, if Argentina's getting added, Brazil's already part of the block. Yeah. South America is huge, especially in oil production. If they start wanting yuan, that makes a huge difference. The Middle East Don't worry, oil Dean, production. It's only, se- it's only the first seven dominoes. Yeah. It's only, <laughs> it's only Asia, South America, <laughs> yeah. Central Asia, and Africa. That's only yeah. four of the continents on the yeah. planet. Right, yeah. No big. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I, I think you're correct. Because like, I, look at the entire United States empire. It exists because the petrodollar exists. It is yes. propped up by the dollar. The only reason anybody takes that piece of fucking paper these days, a, uh, a, a fucking transmission from one bank to another that they, you know, fucking flip bits for. Um, yeah. the, the, the only reason anybody accepts that in order so, so that you can leave the store with food is because of the petrodollar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if that goes away, that's the thing that it's like, over. It, the dollar, for a lot of people, like, it represents, it, it, it ostensibly, I shouldn't say it does, it ostensibly represents security, right? Yes. Uh, once people start losing faith in the dollar... It becomes like a false god in a real sense, right? Where it's like, well, if you stop believing in it, uh, it's just nothing's going to happen. There's, it has no power can exert over you anymore. Uh, and that really is how economies collapse, is once you lose faith in the reserve currency and a currency that's not backed by anything, uh, it's Jover, uh, as yes, they say. Yes, absolutely, it's Jover. And this is the thing, too. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people who really want to think that the economy of the West is super strong and really stable and nothing, nothing mm-hmm. bad's ever going to happen. We exported the entire production sector of our economy. And I mean, I say we, I mean the, the West yeah, yeah. as a whole. The, the royal ex- we. Yeah. Yes. Exported our entire production sector to the places that are now the BRICS. Southeast Asia. Yeah. Uh, mainland Asia. Uh, South America. All these places are where the production on the planet happens. So as much as you might want to believe that a service economy is strong enough to withstand a storm like the fall of the petrodollar, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Well, it's like it's like, you know, you you tie the the United States government, like tied themselves down to a ship with all these regulations. And now they're like, I can't believe we're sinking. (laughs) You know, it's like. How could, this, how could this be happening? No, but really, and of course, the the argument from like you know, this is always the problem with like a lot of like people who even like some libertarians might think are more uh, amenable to like libertarian economics, but really they aren't. They're like they can recognize the problem. Like a lot of right wingers will see, oh wow, there's a lot of jobs overseas that are not in America. Uh, you know, they're all over there. Uh, and it's like, okay, well, obviously we just need to we just need to hurt our own consumers in sure. order to entice the to come back 
Yeah. Uh, and it's like, no, the reason they left is because you imposed regulations in your own country that made it harder to uh, work and to make it be profitable than in other countries. So now guess where they're going to go? It's no shocker. No, not at all. And here's the thing, too. This is something that, you know, there's then there are libertarians I've seen who think the bricks aren't a threat. And here's what I would mm-hmm. say to them. If you're a libertarian, you probably believe in the efficacy of a parallel economy. The idea mm-hmm. that you can set up an economy of your own in order to cut out the government, in order to cut out the controllers, right, the Patreons of the world, you can, and the, you know, more importantly, the MasterCards of the world who run the mm-hmm. match list and that kind of thing, setting up a parallel economy in, in, a, in an effort to uh, insulate yourself from economic problems and, and, or from censorship or control. And I agree with you, that works. And the BRICs agree with you too, and that's what they're doing. Yeah, right. If it, if it, again, even if it doesn't, it's, I don't think even you're saying it's going to be like this, oh, well, once they add new members, it's instant collapse. No, or it's not like overnight. That. It won't happen yeah, overnight. No. Right, right. But it's the fact that once faith, here's the thing, right? It, like in crowd dynamics, right? When faith gets lost in a certain thing, and then you have a, more and more people lose faith in it, that incentivizes other people to start to worry. And when they worry, they start to lose faith in it, too. Um, yes. So, you know, it, it's like a trend. When A trend on its own going in a direction in, in, like, social dynamics might not mean anything, but the way people interpret the trend will often cause the trend to further the, in that direction. Yes. Uh, because it becomes this almost self-fulfilling prophecy well, um, a lot um, of times. Yes, you're absolutely correct. And, and to your point, um, it's one of those things that's going to be, you know, the old joke, how did you go broke? Well, slowly and then all at once. Then, yeah. yeah. Um, that's what this is going to be. How did, how did the dollar right. lose all its value? Well, slowly and then all at once. And, uh-huh. and this is, this is, I mean, here's the thing though. I mean, if you've been paying attention and, and a lot of people who listen to this show certainly have, um, we've been in that slowly bit for a very long time. And, and I'm, I'm afraid that the all at once bit is coming. I'm not, I'm not saying it's happening tomorrow. I'm not saying it's happening in January when these nations join the BRICS. I'm saying the all at once part's coming. Because mm-hmm. we've been in the slowly part for, uh, since 1970. Right. And, and so and it just, it cannot be sustained. It is unsustainable. And and this this will not this will not last. This this is always why you know when when people uh, you know you can criticize Bitcoin you know people can criticize Bitcoin because you know maybe it hasn't it the adoption hasn't been as fast as people wanted it to be or you know or for the right reasons like, where it's speculators for, instead right. of people actually trading yeah. a currency. Right, right. Yeah. So you know people can complain about that, but it's always funny to me that the people who all are all complaining about Bitcoin and stuff like that are holding on to the dollar. And it's like, man, yeah. you're in no place to be criticizing Bitcoin. Right yeah, best of whatsoever. luck to you. Uh, yeah, good luck. Uh, I mean, that's the thing, too, is you got people who are just like, well, here's how you hedge against that with gold. Or you hedge against <laughs> that with Bitcoin. And it's like, guys, there are failure points across both of these things. <laughs> For Not the least of which is, you sure you got electricity, bud? <laughs> and right, right. There's also, um, with gold, I mean, what's the what's the real world value of gold, especially in a collapsed economy? You can't go sell it personally to China so they can make more I, semiconductors or, I, or and more choices yeah, I, I with think it. The, the point is like in a if an economy completely collapses, like in the power grid goes down or something, you have a lot more to be worried about than what 
medium of exactly. exchanges. Yes, yes, 100%. Uh, yeah. You know what your store of value is then? Bullets and cigarettes, <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, for real, that's all anyone's going to fucking want. <laughs> yeah. Learn how to grow weed. People will want weed. Don't worry, from Dean. You. It's all. It's only the first eleven dominoes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's only the first eleven dominoes on 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 the first four continents on the planet. Yeah, a, There's. Uh, it's only the first thirteen dominoes, Dean. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Three continents remaining, and two of them are basically just Europe. One of them actually <laughs> Europe, and the other one Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's it matter, man? This is uh, what bullshit do you think the U.S. is going to pull out of their ass to try to stop that? From I happening? don't know if they can. This is the thing they will uh, try. I know, but they'll try. That's what do you think they'll try? I'm afraid it's war with Russia. Yeah. I'm I'm afraid it's war with the core of the BRICS. It seems to always be that problem where it's like, ooh, things are going bad. How can we distract from that? I think the U.S. will use Taiwan as a cover, and maybe even the rest mm-hmm. of Southeast Asia as a cover, and say we're going to war with China because of what they're yeah. doing in Southeast Asia, and that's that yeah. will be what happens. That, and, that and will be how they complain, do it. And when people complain about how the economy is doing horrible, they can just say we're in a war. There are more important things going on right now, and then and then people will just eat it up. Or I don't know, if, but there'll certainly be like people who'll be like, well, we're in a war. We, you know, we, uh, of course, the economy's not going to be great. Yes, absolutely. And, and I, I do have something else to say, but you might want to leave and rejoin and bring it up a little bit. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. Um, so th- I, I agree with that. And I also think this, if they start a large enough war, they can just go back to what they claim solved the depression in, in World War II and, oh. and what, what in, yeah. in a sense actually did. I mean, uh, fascist mobilization of the entire country economically is going to make your economy move. Um, so. I mean, it's, going to, it's going to move it. It's not necessarily going to make it richer. Do you yes, know what I mean? Right, like it's right. going to jolt it, but it's, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and so that's, I, I'm afraid that that's the next move, is that you start a big enough war. This is a war with China and Russia is not going to be a war that can be fought for 20 years with, you know, volunteers only and all this other stuff and drones yeah. and shit. Well, like, it's like, yeah, they'll be able to say, they'll be able to say, look at our GDP, right? Yes. Look at how much uh, we're producing for the war effort. But it's like, wow, you built all those ships and you essentially like sunk them to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> Congratulations. Yes. Much wealth made. Very yeah. good. You got the, you got the Chevy plant to start turning out tanks to get blown up. Yeah. Right. Yep. And, and well, there's not really a Chevy plant anymore, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there's a little the, bit of that, but a lot of that's done in Mexico now, too. Yeah. Um, but even then, man, it, it's, I just don't, I, I just don't see it being, uh, I, 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 I see that being how they try and solve it, uh, because yeah. it's always how they try and solve shit like this. Mm-hmm. And maybe, and here's the thing, man, look, maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll work. I don't know, yeah. But or do you think that right. maybe instead, do you think instead, I don't know how risky this would be, because it would be like, you know, uprooting a lot of things, but if the tree is coming down anyway, you might as well, uh, which is like trying to do like a a, a cryptocurrency, a United States yep. uh, I cryptocurrency. 100%, yes, 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 and yes. I, I think they, yeah. are, um, they are going to use the dollar's uh, imminent collapse or, mm-hmm. or, or devaluing to the point that nobody wants anymore 
as a reason to turn to roll out the um uh oh what was it they were calling it um the central i'm sorry central bank digital currency mm-hmm. uh that's what i i think that's absolutely in the cards yeah yeah i think that's the plan <laughs> yeah i think so too I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to to drop that topic in here without having talked to you about it. First, no, but... I enjoyed. No, that was great. I enjoyed that. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying everybody should be running around with like a you know chicken little the sky is falling all that other shit. But like the sky is kind of maybe falling a little bit. So just like be ready for that. Right. We should uh, we should actually uh, bring we should talk about this topic more. But we should maybe invite Carr on to the show. Uh, I think that oh, you yeah. might really want to talk about that. Carr would be great. I'm interested to hear his thoughts. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people. There's there are a lot of people in like libertarian circles who don't see the BRICS as a threat. Mm-hmm. And that's and mm-hmm. as I say that say I don't know where Carr stands on it. But but I certainly think right. that there is a threat there 100. percent And and mm-hmm. the sure. that <sighs> I, I'm again. I'm not trying to chicken little the skies following this, but like right. I'm saying the same thing I was saying in 2011, 2012, which is like, yeah, but this guy could absolutely totally fall. So like be ready yeah. for it. No guys, it's not over yet. It's only the first 15 dominoes. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't worry just yet. Yeah. It's not Jover. It's like, it's, 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 ju. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. It's starting. Yeah. Anyway, uh, speaking of people for whom it's Jover, um, mm-hmm. I don't know why I said that. It's not really a good segue to this because it's Trump. Um, <laughs> uh, Trump's uh, mugshot. Yeah, the meme that will live in infamy. Oh, God. It's already all over the place. There's some it's really good everywhere. edits. Yeah. Some people made it into, you know, there were people who made it into a uh, like an album cover, like a Tupac-style album oh, yeah. cover. Um, yeah. I think on Twitter, I think it was Titus who put like a like uh, or or you know pulled it from somebody else who put a uh, mm-hmm. a teardrop on his face. And, I saw and that one. Yes, over yes. His eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say this though, man. I think my mugshot's yeah. better than Trump's. Oh, I really okay. do. I think well, my mugshot's I've better than Trump's. I've never seen yours, but I'll believe you. I'll send it to you. I'll see if I can dig it up. I know it's on okay. my cloud server somewhere. Okay. Um, somewhere in my I do, I, do, I do think it's a really good mugshot, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, maybe it's just because everyone knows Trump. It's emotional. But it seems to be h- hilariously memeable, oh, and yeah. that's what I wanted out of it, and I kind of got that. So I'm, I'm very happy. Uh, one one uh, meme I saw was, like, they edited in, like, a microwave uh, like screen, a glass uh, in, in front of it, and it's like, what my chicken nuggets see at 3.30 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that makes it good, is the amount of emotion that's in yeah. it. Like, it's, it's obvious. Yeah. Like, I, I get the feeling there's a little bit of, like, a fuck you you uh-huh, yeah, exactly. yeah, there's like a that. rebelliousness. It feels like yeah, that. It. yeah, 100%, yeah. It's, and that's yeah. what, yeah, you're right, that's what makes it so wonderfully memeable. Yeah. And, and it's what makes it, <laughs> uh, it uh, it's what makes it sell. <laughs> Apparently, right. and this was published in the Epoch Times, unprecedented demand for Trump mugshot merch. <laughs> Hours after former President Donald Trump's mugshot was released, the public merchandise featuring the now viral image has become a hot-selling item for some retailers. Demand for Trump mugshot paraphernalia has been unprecedented, according to Richard Klingman, owner of two Trump superstores located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Uh, Quote, people are going nuts. First of all, there are Trump superstores. I was not aware. Um, But he also says, quote, 
People are going nuts. I've been in retail for more than 40 years, and I've never seen anything like this, Mr. Klingman told the Epoch Epo Times. It truly is unprecedented. People want anything with a Trump mugshot image on it, and we're desperately trying as hard as we can to keep up with demand. <laughs> Incredible. Well, also, Trump tweeted for the first time in years on his account. Yes, and it was uh, just the mugshot, mugshot with, like, never surrender on it or something. Yeah, no. <laughs> Bro, do you know what it's called when you go to the jailhouse and you say, I'm here because you have a warrant out for me and there are charges against me? Book me and take my mugshot. Do you know what that's called? <laughs> that's a surrendering? It's called surrendering. <laughs> yeah. That's the word for that. <laughs> you know, people will colloquially Man. say turn yourself in, but the, the, the term for that is to surrender. Sur surrender. Yeah, it's synonymous. Yeah, it's... Uh... Uh, oh man, Jesus! But uh, yeah, this is now. I'm, I'm if he's, huge. If he actually does get convicted, he is it true that he cannot run for president at that point if he gets convicted on the charges? Okay. or am I mistaken? I've seen a lot of talk about this, and I'm not clear on it because okay. it seems to me that the only crimes that would make you ineligible to run for office would be um, crimes that are treason mm -hmm. um but i don't know if or or you know treason basically anything that falls under that umbrella oh, yeah, yeah, okay. he's charged under the espionage act in the federal case but i don't know if every charge under the espionage act counts uh as disqualifying a person from serving federal office okay it's possible that it does but I, I just the, I the particular charges aren't like treason or spying. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. Yep. The only reason I ask is because now that we have the mugshot, I'm now like manifesting the next funniest thing that could possibly happen, which is that he wins from his prison cell. Oh, yes. That would be <laughs> hilarious. I, I would die laughing if that happened. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though. If he's in a prison cell, it's not going to be a state pen. Because uh -huh. this Georgia case is not going to stick. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not even con convinced any of the cases will stick. Well, I don't know. I, maybe I shouldn't say that. But I, 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 I'm not convinced that they will. I'm not saying they won't, but I'm not convinced that they will. Uh, but I just think it'd be funny if it happened, if, it, if he was in prison and won from his cell. I uh, think, I, I, that, yes, uh, that would be hilarious. I think the federal case has some juice. Um, okay. I don't, I don't know if the Georgia one does. I don't think so. I, I, mm -hmm. I really don't. Um, at least not with regard to him specifically. Maybe some of the people mm -hmm. that they're calling co-conspirators, but charging something like this under Rico is just, ugh. It's just not, it's just not, uh, it's just not as toothy as the, mm -hmm. uh, the federal one. The federal indictment has some teeth to it, and the Georgia one to me feels like a prosecutor trying to make a name for herself. Uh-huh. And and actually, <clears throat> you know, uh, accidentally segueing into things, I wanted to talk about this a little bit. So there was a video that um, uh, I think originally it was retweeted. Um, man, who it was Necrospia who retweeted it mm -hmm. uh, first, and I saw it there. Uh, this this video is a man who is in Fulton County. And this is upon the surrender of 
Donald Trump and, and all the stuff about his, uh, you know, the, the indictment and all that stuff. So let's take a listen to this. I'm here to support President Trump. You want to know why I'm here to support President Trump? Because they done did black men like this for decades. Make up charges and put them so I know Trump is innocent. I support Trump against this corrupt, two-tiered justice system. That's why I'm here to show my support as a black man for Trump. And I'm wearing my shirt, niggas for Trump 2024, and I mean that. What do you think about the indictments? Okay, that makes me laugh, but also... Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think what he's saying is right. Like, I, yes. you know what I mean? Like, I think he, he absolutely, it absolutely has merit what, what that man is saying. And I think there are um, a lot of people, particularly black people in Fulton County, who know it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, whenever you see anyone like, look, uh, there's a lot of things like here's the thing, right? It, it's always like I don't like defending Trump, but I feel like I, I, what I especially hate is when people attack, like make up some bullshit to where it's like, OK, well, now I feel like you're just targeting him unfairly. <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean? Where it's like, you could attack Trump for so many things, like, you know, his continued bombing in the Middle East, you know, uh, all of that, all of those things, you know, his response to COVID, all, all these things are like legitimate criticisms. Oh, you yeah. could like justly attack Trump for, uh, you know, uh, his, you know, take the guns and t- worry about due process later, all things, legitimate things you can attack him for. But when it's like this, it feels targeted. It feels like you're scraping the bottom of the barrel, trying to find something to get him on. It's what you call it? It's what malicious prosecution. Malicious like, prosecution. Yeah, they're, just lo- yeah. they're just looking for a reason to try to get get him. Yes, yes, and it it it, it seems that way here, especially because, and as we talked about previously, um, you got presidents who have actively killed American citizens. Yeah. American citizens right. were killed on president's orders, and this isn't. This didn't happen in 1860. This happened in fucking. When was uh, Abdurrahman Allah he killed? That was in uh, in 2009. Uh, somewhere around there. Yeah, something like that. I can't remember exactly, but um, yeah, it was under the Obama administration. Well, uh, yeah. the, the, and, and you know, outside of all the war crimes that the that you know every president's committed, going all the way back to fucking Roosevelt. Uh, or even before, but the, yeah. the the point being, not bringing charges against any other president, not bringing charges against you know uh, Joe Biden for having classified and material I, in his garage. Yeah, I also want to clarify: it's not just that they're not going after other presidents for me because if they just started locking up, uh, you know, ha- a portion, or if they started like, prosecuting, I should say, if they started just prosecuting politicians for their war crimes, even if they didn't prosecute all of them, I still would be more happy about that, right? Uh, even yeah. if they didn't go after all of them, but it's because it's for something so minor. Like, I don't care about any of this stuff. No. <laughs> like, you know, no. I, I don't care at all. Well, the the classified documents thing, that's all, that that whole thing is, is the, uh, Lady Jane described it as the tax evasion of politics. Every politician mm-hmm. has some classified documents where they ought yeah. not to. Um, the, 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 the uh, again, the indictment from the feds with regard to trying to overturn the election results, I think, is the only one that has any teeth to it. And I still don't give a fuck about that, because I'm sitting here thinking, like, uh, I mean, do we not remember mm-hmm. the days of the political machine in Chicago? Who, who got locked up for that? Mm-hmm. Like, who got locked up for this is and, and the, the point isn't that one person got away with it. So this other person should. The point of it right. is that one person got away with it because they had no interest in holding them accountable. 
And the right. only reason they're going after Trump is because they hate him. They don't care if right. he's it's held personal. accountable or not. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's not objective. It's not an objective rule of law thing. It's we're going after this guy in particular because we hate him. That's not right. that. That is a selective prosecution. I would say it's malicious prosecution. Right. And, and yeah. that I and think will be part of Trump's arguments in court. And going back to, um, uh, you know, to what um, uh, the man in the video was saying, it's like, yes, uh, the state has a very long history of specifically targeting specific groups of people in this country for prosecution for like just like how it was in uh, Richard Nixon. Uh, historically, uh, one of his aides, I believe it was, I don't think it was Nixon himself, but one of his aides specifically said the drug war was started because they wanted to have a legal reason to lock up hippies and blacks. Uh, yes. That was uh, one of Nixon's aides. So the fact that they do, the state does this. They they they're on record doing this. Um, uh, yeah, I think there's, a, I think there is definitely a connection where it's like, yeah, you know, what one group that ha- has been like unjustly prosecuted. And look, I, I, obviously the state it acts unjustly to everyone, but sometimes they do like specifically target some groups, especially. Um, the, look, and I there think there is an outsized effect, and this is the thing. There's a lot of social conservatives who want to act like there's no. There's no, uh, there's no effect on the black community from policing and stuff. <laughs> Dude, the, the, the black community is so over-policed, especially the inner-city black community is so over-policed, it's ridiculous. You got people who right. would otherwise live totally normal lives, getting picked up and dropped into the system at 18 for weed possession, mm-hmm. or for some other drug crime, right. or for having a gun on them they're not supposed to have, or whatever. Shit that shouldn't be fucking crimes. And then they get yeah. dropped into the system. Now they've got a record and now they got problems for the rest of their fucking life. This is mm-hmm. this is not <laughs> And then they can't get a job later on yeah. because they have a record and they then can't get a, they can't rent a fucking apartment. They can't get a, a good job. They can't get out of the fucking hood. So now they have to carry a gun with them and now oh they got a gun charge. They're not supposed to have a gun. Well, he's got a gun. So let's hit another charge on him. Give him another charge. Right. Yep. Like, this is the kind of thing that, I mean, this is what over-policing yeah. means. It doesn't mean yeah. that people who commit violent crimes shouldn't be punished for them. It doesn't mean that people right. who which commit is violent the, which crimes is haven't broken the law. Right. right. Which is always the straw man argument that they lay out. So you just want, you know, all these people just to get away with murder or something like that. It's like, no, no one is saying that. No one is arguing that. No one is arguing that property crimes should be left alone and not, not, right. uh, not pursued. That, that's, not, that's not the argument. The problem is that when you have an over-policing situation, you have people getting locked up for shit that they otherwise wouldn't, and that do not necessarily hinder their ability to have a productive life, or to uh, simply be a peaceable citizen. Even right. if they're, even, even if they have a deeply unproductive life, they can still right. be a peaceable citizen. And yeah. so the the you know whether or not they're a felon with a gun, whether or not they're you know carrying a gun in the wrong place, whether or not they're smoking weed every day, like it doesn't right. matter. They, like they're not hurting anyone. They're being a peaceable citizen, and that's what that's the effect of over policing. It's got nothing to do with you know. I I don't think that that there should be uh, anything happening to murderers and rapists and stuff. No, that's not right. the problem. Yeah, anyone who anyone who responds to that with that argument is just straw manning. Like no one's making that type of argument. So it's no one like, is. It's always just a silly retort. And they know this. They they, they know this. This is something that again, <laughs> you want to talk about fatherlessness in black communities. They know why it's there. And yeah. and and why it's accepted in a lot of cases, but but this is part of it is that this is a uh, 
This is a system that does over-police the black community. Poor yep. people generally. It's really not so much yeah, a function yes. of race as it is a function of income. Um, yeah. Because you get this same thing happening in the fucking trailer park and in the barrio. It, it, it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter what the race is. Right. Um, but in any case, I just... Uh, what my point is, Fulton County is notorious for having a terrible criminal justice system. They're notorious mm-hmm. for killing people in jail. They're notorious for having... Uh, civil rights violations on the regular. Fulton County is a known bad actor as far as criminal prosecutors go. Fannie mm-hmm. Willis does not have the faith of uh, the communities that, that she supposedly serves. And so mm-hmm. this idea that I, I, I think that even broadly <clears throat> all of this could hurt Trump. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't buy so deeply into the idea that like that if he actually goes to prison, it's going to help him. I think the only thing that helps him is if he beats the charges. But, sure. But uh, regardless of that, I do think that people who live under that system, particularly the one in Fulton County, mm-hmm. are not convinced by this. Mm-hmm. Sure. No, yeah, that makes sense. And he, uh, he continues here. There's more to this clip. I'm sorry. I got, I got sidetracked. Okay, <laughs> yeah, go for it. Oh, it's a bunch of bullshit. It's going around the country. You know, Fanny, Fanny Willis, she's a, uh, she went to school with my sister. She's full of shit. She was full of shit then. So she's a puppet for the white liberal that, that is controlling everything. She's in front, but the white liberal back there pulling those strings, telling her what to do. That's what I think about her, making a fool of herself. Do you think it's going to help his election? Oh, of course it is. It's going to elevate him all the way. I think we should make Trump king. That's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> yeah. But I think he's got a point. I think locals don't fucking trust Fannie Willis. I, I think people who have been who have been subject to the whims of the criminal justice system in Fulton County don't fucking trust Fannie Willis. Yeah, I I really like this guy. I, I think a lot more people should be more distrustful of prosecutors. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I like that sentiment. Well, I love uh, the fact so, that yeah. he's like, she went to school with my sister. She was full of shit then. She's full of shit now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking go, man. <laughs> yeah. Get him. I really yeah. like this clip. I, I like yeah. this clip because yeah. I do think it, it sort of exemplifies a thing that I've personally seen here, you know, um, working, you know, seeing the way that that the criminal justice system works here in Harris County and seeing the way that people mm-hmm. respond to it and seeing the conversations that happen even in court. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of crust on the criminal justice system of civility and 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 uh pretending like all this is always legit when there's a lot of people sitting in that room rolling their eyes thinking this is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. And and it's it's a relatively consistent thing. <laughs> you know, I I actually got if I may I, I kind of want to actually uh talk about something that's sort of related to this but not explicitly. Sure. Um what is your opinion of and, and like what do you think um specifically about like a, the general sentiment at least from my own experience maybe i'm completely off base here but from my own anecdotal experience why are defense attorneys seemingly more hated than prosecutors because um, uh defense attorneys actually i'm going to use a phrase that that would be better used as a segue to another thing we want to talk about today but uh okay. because defense attorneys defend the indefensible because they, ah, they yeah. defense attorneys are who gets blamed when 
this is the thing that people don't understand about the system, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think a great example of it is the idea that somebody gets off on a technicality. Uh-huh. Okay? And I, I did a thread about this on Blue Sky. The idea that you get off on a technicality. Um, what that phrase means is that the state fucked up the case. Yeah. <laughs> and the defendant must be freed. That's right. what getting off on a technicality means. Yeah. The prosecutor, who fucking knows better, or should, went to the same fucking three years of education I did, and I can tell you they don't know a goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. The prosecutor right. who should know better fucked it up. Or the police, who we know don't know better, fucked it up. You got police, man. Police out here will argue with an attorney who they are actively interviewing as part of, like, investigation or detention. They will be interviewing an attorney who they suspect of having committed a crime or something like that, and the attorney will say, I don't have to answer that because of this and that. And he'll say, oh, you're a jailhouse lawyer? And it's like, no, he's an actual lawyer. You're a cop. You don't know shit. Yeah, yeah, right, right. The cops don't know the law. And so that's what that means. But people assume... When the phrase got off on a technicality, people assume it's like, oh, the defense attorney found a found a a, a way that that he could get him out of there because somebody missed. Right, like, like they pulled a fast one. Right. Like they pulled a fast one or something. And yeah, yeah. No, it means the state <laughs> fucked up the case so badly they had to let the defendant go. Right. Because like here's the thing, right? It, it's I so I come from like a more like not me personally, but I, I come from a conservative background in the sense, like the people I was, I, I was raised around are like deeply like right wing. Yes, yes, and same. I, I, I saw this like everywhere. There was like this hatred of like defense attorneys, and I, I you know, I, when I was young, I just really I didn't like buy into it, but I didn't also question it either. And it was also one of those things where it's like, you know, as I became a libertarian, you think about it more. It's like, man, <laughs> it's so backwards to me a little bit. It's like they, you know, if the if the, if justice is assuming the pre, having the presumption of innocence, uh, then yes, you know, because you, people always go to well, yeah, the defense attorney though, you know, they might let someone might get off because there's not enough uh, evidence to convict them, uh, and then they may get, go commit some horrible crime. So that doesn't that make defense attorneys just evil, right? Because they are, you know, if that person was a person, then they wouldn't have done it or something, right? It's like okay. Now imagine the prosecutor who put someone innocent behind bars. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not. This is the thing know? that people don't understand is that the, the def, it is not the defense attorney's job. Right. To investigate to the they're crime. Innocent. Yeah, they're not going trying to prove them innocent. That's, That's not what yes, they're doing. The defense attorney functions as a check against the prosecutor and against yes. the police. The defense attorney is there to ensure that the prosecutor does their job, that the police do right. their job. They're defense attorneys every day. <clears throat> who catch a case that's open and shut, their client fucking did it. And you know what they do mm-hmm. most of the time? Plead them out. Because prosecutors right. hate going to fucking court. So the defense attorney says, yeah, you know what, take this plea. Uh, if a jury or the judge senses mm-hmm. you, you're going to get more. So just take the plea. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, I would seriously consider taking the plea. You can't just tell somebody mm-hmm. to take the plea. But, mm-hmm. um... You know, I would consider that I, I, I think you'd probably get something worse if you went to, you know, the jury or the judge for sentencing. You went to trial. I think it would come out worse than this plea offer. Uh, so, you know, consider that um, that kind of thing where <clears throat> there are also cases and this happens a lot of the time as well. Well, where the prosecution, for example, the prosecution might throw out a plea offer 
before they've even read any of the case material. The prosecution will look at the charge and say, oh, uh, this person's charged with an ag rob, um, and they've got a record. Okay, well, then we're going to do uh, 15 TDC, and I'm not coming down from it. And it's like, but did you read the report? Because there's a valid self-defense claim here. And they're like, uh, no, I haven't read it. That's my offer. <laughs> like, that's the way it works, dude. And so the, 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 the defense attorney's job is, to, is yeah. to call the prosecution and the police to, to the carpet and to say, look, you have to prove it. You have to prove right. it. Yeah. The, like, if the burden, of, like, if the justice system is based around the presumption of innocence and that, uh, you know, you cannot uh, convict, you cannot, you know, say someone is guilty when there's a reasonable doubt to say that they're, mm-hmm. they could not be guilty, right? If that is the standard... It seems so much like better to err on the side of the defense attorney if that is, you know, in terms of like, who are you going to Italy? You know, I'm not saying you have to like side 100% one with the other, but it, it's the idea that like, if you, it just seems like the hatred for defense attorneys seems so weird to me. And it's so to like say, off-putting. I don't want to sound like I'm saying there are no scummy defense attorneys. They're 100% oh, are. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally are. But you think about the OJ sure. trial, right? Think about the OJ trial. Mm-hmm. Who lost? Okay, I, I, sh- I should put it to you this way: Whose decisions resulted in OJ being found not guilty? The prosecutor. The prosecutor. You know who allowed <laughs> the uh, the glove thing to occur? Uh, who? The prosecutor. Oh they yeah, oh wanted, yeah, well, of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the 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 prosecutor, one of the prosecutors on the case, I think it was the the woman who people made fun of for having bad hair. Um, she, uh, she wanted them to do it in chambers, to do the demonstrative in chambers first before uh-huh. they did it in front of the jury. And the, the other prosecutors <laughs> on the case, <laughs> yeah, well, the other prosecutor said, nah, 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 we got to do it in front of the jury. It'll be dra- dramatic for the drama. We got to do yeah, it. In we got to get jury. it on TV. We got to, yeah, we got to get it. On. And now yeah. you've got, and now you've got a fucking slick smart defense attorney <laughs> saying if the glove don't fit you must acquit <laughs> yeah <laughs> because you fucked it up prosecutor uh-huh. you fucked it up so that's yep. the thing yep. like like people people don't put the responsibility in the criminal people don't understand the way the criminal justice system works they even if they know intellectually that it's supposed to be you're innocent until you're proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt they mm-hmm. um see it as you're accused of a crime by this powerful entity with all these yes. resources and investigative knowledge, and therefore you must prove that you're innocent. Yes, yeah, it, it's, it's just like when a cop arrests someone, well, they must be a bad person, because that cop's a good person, and they're arresting someone, so that means they're, the opposite guy is a bad right. person. Exactly. Uh, it's, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of like how it works, yeah. Yeah, that, that's 100% the math, and that's as far as the math yeah, goes. Yeah, if you did nothing wrong, why would you be in court, right? I think that's also like the presumption. If you didn't do anything wrong, why are you here? That is the thing that yep. that is the thing that puts so many people in prison who shouldn't mm-hmm. be there. Yeah, is is that even if they even if they actually did commit the crime? But for example, you know, you take somebody who's got no record who who committed a crime and and who you know it's because they're they're a dumb kid with dumb friends. And they got good parents who care about them, and they're, they'll probably be fine if you give them probation and, and sort of, you know, have them keep their nose clean for a couple of years and let them go. Mm-hmm. Um, that, those people end up in prison 
because of the perspective of um, if you didn't do anything wrong, then why are you here? Yep. Right. Or if yeah. you're not it, a bad person, why are you here? It's it's just such a bias in favor of like the cops in the state uh, that it, it's genuinely scary. Uh, yeah, kind of right. It's like well, if you, because you know, like if you walk in the court, the de- the deck ostensibly the deck should be stacked in your favor because it has it should be the prosecution that has to have all the burden. It, but in yeah, reality, the prosecution's uh, <laughs> case is supposed to be what's on trial. Like we're we're looking yeah. at the prosecution's case here to determine whether or not it meets the standard. Right, but in reality, it seems that for a lot of people, it's very much that you know <clears throat> the cop. Yeah, the prosecutor is the one who people just kind of like side with instinctively. Yes. Yeah. There's absolutely a bias toward prosecutor. And, yeah. and I'll tell you what, the greatest, the greatest trick the, the devil ever pulled, because the devil's definitely a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. The greatest trick the devil yeah. ever pulled was convincing people that defense attorneys are, are like bad people. Because the, yeah, the right. because that makes that even further entrenched that, that bias yes. toward the prosecution is even further entrenched when your popular assumption is that, well, defense attorneys, yeah. you know, these guys get murderers and rapists out of prison and all this stuff. And it's like, you realize that a defense attorney's hands are tied if the investigation is good. Right. A defense attorney's hands are absolutely tied. If an investigation's good, if the prosecution charged the crime correctly, if everything is done as it should be done, the defense attorney's hands are tied. All he can do really is try and do no, mitigation they're, and sentencing. They're, they're like... They're- they're rolling a, um, a nat 20 on lockpicking, getting people out of prison. Yeah, uh, That's exactly. what the defense attorneys do. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> that's how people no, see it. Yeah, I, I know it is, but it's so insane. Like, I'm a big fan of Blackstone's ratio, which is that, like, even if the person is guilty, if this prosecution cannot come up with uh, an actual case against them, I don't care. That, no, sure. No. You know, you're not, no, this is not going forward. Uh, you know, even if it turns out that they were guilty, it's like, I would rather the guilty person go free than a single prosecutor lock a single innocent person up. Uh, and they'll go you know, forward with it, cases they shouldn't. For example, it's common that you'll right. have cases like, uh, and this isn't always just with guns, it's with possession of other things as well, but let's just take a felon in possession of a firearm, because that's a, that's a, that is something that bothers me so deeply. It's always on my mind, this idea that we have a law that basically says if you were convicted of a previous crime that's a felony, you don't get to have a gun, and the crime Mm -hmm. didn't have to be violent, and the things that are now felonies did not used to be felonies. Um, Right, yeah. It's the obvious problem of, like, well, you know, if your basis of right and wrong is the law, then you're it's essentially just, like, fluid and arbitrary, right? Right. Uh, Like, it's like, yeah. So that, that is also that just a huge me. problem on top of it. But you'll have yeah, them oh, charge cases like this, where let's say, for example, let's say a guy goes and picks up his girl, okay? And he's a felon, mm-hmm. he's not supposed to have a firearm. He's in his pickup truck, he goes to pick up the girl, the girl throws her purse in the back of the pickup truck, it's a big bag, backpack, whatever it is she's got with all her shit in it, throws it in the back of the truck, and they start rolling. They get stopped by the officer, okay? The, the, uh, the girlfriend is a moron who gives them permission to look in the bag. They go mm-hmm. in the bag, and they see the gun. They see her gun. It's her gun, mm-hmm. her bag, her makeup in the bag. Nothing indicating that this dude owns the bag. Okay. They go into the bag, they see the gun, they charge the guy with felon in possession of a firearm. <laughs> like, yeah. that, that's the kind Crazy. of case that they bring all the time, dude. Right. 
and they won't let him yeah. go. They won't be like, I mean, you can right. be like, would you just read the case? And the prosecutor's like, no, nah, I'm offering 10 TDC. And it's like, but, but did you read it? Do you, did you actually read the case? Nah, but that's my offer. A oh, fucking, okay then, dude, I it's, guess we'll fucking see you at trial then, motherfucker. Like, that's yeah. how, that's how the system works. <laughs> that's how it goes. That's so insane, man. Those are the kind uh, of cases they bring. Also, it's. It's also just kind of crazy to me, the whole, like, you know, felons uh, can't own firearms thing. Because, like, like, if you think that they're so dangerous, like, by their logic, if you think this person is so dangerous, why is he out of prison? <laughs> and I'm not advocating for people to be in prison. I'm just saying by their own logic. Well, if this like, person's if you not think allowed he's... to have the rights of a human being, why are they out with the rest of the human beings? Right. By, your, by their own standard. So right. like it, it's it's like the idea that you're keeping a person defenseless is an unimaginable horror to me. Oh yeah. Like the the idea that the state is not allowing you to defend yourself. Not um, only that. It's evil. And but, I don't I don't care. I it, truthfully I I want to be like very like just like hard on this is that I don't care even if they committed an actual violent felony in the past. Oh yeah. If if they, you know, the, the fact that uh they they have the right to defend themselves, you know, after they've, you know, paid their debt to society or however, whatever you want to say. They have the right to defend themselves. Uh, and the fact that, you know, it just seems so bizarre to me. Yes. That it's like, oh, yeah, obviously we can, you know, uh, these rights are inalienable, except if, when we say they're not. Uh, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> inalienable, except, you know, maybe something. Yeah, but um, terms and restrictions may apply. Yeah, exactly. Read the fine print. Um, yeah, yeah. Did you hit I accept when you were born? Um, <laughs> that's one of the that's one of the things that that really bothers me about shit like that too is is that you have mm-hmm. a because think about this too. If you're a felon, if you're if you catch an FIP, you catch a felon in possession mm-hmm. of a firearm. If you catch FIP, you are yeah, that means you're a felon, right? Definitionally, yeah. if you're a felon, you're probably going to have a hard time finding a job. You're going to have a hard right. time finding a place to live because nobody's going to want to rent to you. It really is a big, there are major rental consequences to having a felony conviction. Um, yeah. You're going to have a hard time finding a place to live, hard time finding a job that makes you any money. So where are you? If you're a felon, where do you probably live? You live in a shit box in a shit part of town. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you, in fact, if situations are dire, Sometimes maybe the only chance you have to like survive is to sell things that are illegal, like narcotics. Oh, sure. Um, sure. But even that, just like walking down to the gas station to get a burrito sure. where you live could legitimately yeah. be dangerous. You might actually need right. a gun because of yeah, the fact right. that you have that felony conviction. Having yeah. a gun may be more important to you than it is yes. to the prosecutor who lives in the gated community. Yes. Right. Yes. And so the, the, the fact that you take that right away from people when they're already in that situation is craven to me. Right. Yeah. No, 100%. And also, you know, it, it, if you're a felon and you get released from prison, just like, you know, you, you, you just said, it can make matters worse and it can incentivize more crime because these people can't make a living. It's very hard for them to make a living. Not only can uh, they know, not make they a have that felony. 100%. Not only can they not make an honest living out in the free. And I shouldn't say not. Mm-hmm. There are many that can, but those opportunities are few and far between. Um, yeah. and, and, and so I don't want to paint with too broad a brush, but, but let's be honest, that's difficult. And not yeah, only is no, it difficult, uh, yeah. but you also just got out of con college. 
the deck is stacked though against them. Yeah, sure. like yeah, as and far you as, also like, just got out ability. of the place where people teach each other to be better criminals. So right. now yeah, it's more difficult for you to get a good job yes. when you come out, and you have all this knowledge about how to be a better criminal. Exactly. Yeah, and this is also, of course, like I think one of the bigger benefits of like restitution-based systems outside of it. I think it's just being more just in general is that. Um, uh, uh, someone, if you commit like a wrong or something, someone will be able to see if you actually paid uh, restitution to your victims. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? People yeah. can actually see, okay, you did something bad, but you, you, you know, you were, uh, lived up to it. You owned the responsibility and, you know, you did something. So, you know, we, we can tell that, you know, if, if you do something wrong, you will pay it back in the past. Yes. You know, there's that record of that. You don't really get that from saying, yeah, I just served my prison time. That doesn't yeah. really tell me. It anything. doesn't imply <laughs> anything. It doesn't imply yeah. anything about you. Right. And neither Sorry, does. Sorry, I served it because well, I had it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, neither does, neither does, for example, like, let's say, like, yeah, but I got out on probation. And it's like, well, for a lot of people, the only reason they don't get out on probation is because the charge was aggravated because they said there was a deadly weapon involved, even if there uh-huh. wasn't, or even if there was, but it didn't doesn't matter. Right. Like the 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 idea that you get out of prison on parole. Okay, I shouldn't have said probation. I said parole. Just parole. Mm-hmm. Um, the the idea that you get out of prison on parole saying something about the the fact that all it means is you didn't get in trouble on the inside and you were part of a particular mm-hmm. class of crime that that's available for. Like, yeah, in a broad sense. Now, there are certain states where it's more difficult to get parole than others. And that that's absolutely true. And there are parole boards that are very active on keeping certain people behind bars and things like that, whatever it may be. But. I don't know that (laughs) as a as an employer. I don't know. I don't know what that what that implies. I don't know whether or not that's important. I don't know what that means. It doesn't mean anything to me. So the the idea that. There's you're you're 100 correct. This idea that somebody pays the restitution, makes good on it, or is still paying it, and says, oh, "Man, yeah. you know, part of the reason I'm applying is because I need a better job, so I can so I can keep paying on this because it's I'm stretched too thin right now, and I I want to be able to keep paying on it, but I also want to make my life better, and and I need to do, you know what I mean? Like like that tells me something yeah. about the guy. Yes, yes. <laughs> it doesn't tell me shit that they just got out of a 20 year fucking TDC stint. Yeah, I mean. I mean, right? Did y'all have AC in in whatever unit you were in? <laughs> like, I, I, that's all I can <laughs> right. say. I don't fucking know anything about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. In fact, that that kind of dude might be less trustworthy to me because it's like, okay, well, you just got out of a place where it was you and a bunch of fucking criminals talking about how to be criminals. So, <laughs> I might trust you even less now. Right. And and it's like, it's also for me, it's like, you know, I, I do feel like feel bad for him. It's like the people who do get out and have no intention of harming another person ever again or something or whatever. It's like, but then they can't find a job. It's like, well, you know, now they're screwed just because of how the system works. Yeah. Uh, it's like th- that sucks. Well, that's how they keep people churning through the systems. You get people who, right. you get people who like, yeah, because then they have to sell drugs uh, if they want to make any type of stable living, or they become uh, you know, addicts, quote, quote, stable. Like, they're, they, like yeah, their they life is addicts. so shit, they become addicts or yeah. whatever. Maybe they catch a DUI later on. Ah, but you were a felon and you got ten years yep. of years of parole or five years of parole that you're on right now, and you just caught a DUI. So now you're going back to serve the rest of your full term no. for that other crime on top of the DUI. And it's yep. like, but I mean, they're an addict because they're in a situation now yeah. where they can't make their life any better. 
Well, yeah, they're an addict because you know uh, the system kind of made their life shit. Or, uh, or I, I'm not, you know, they probably, I mean, they had a lot to do with it too. But you know, the, the system didn't help, and now you're going to make their life more shit. Uh, and now, sure. w- where is the the light at the end of the tunnel at this point? You know, for this person, like, like, what are you trying to accomplish by just sticking them in prison? It's it, like obviously, you know. It, Yes, no, you're absolutely right. And it's one of those things that's complicated, too, because I'll tell you, this is the reality, too. And this is something that I think a lot of people, this is something that I know there are, like, defense attorneys who get into it thinking they're going to save the world and all this other shit. And, like, then they Mm -hmm. realize that, like, most of their clients actually did it. And they're like, Mm -hmm. how the fuck are people out here living like this and doing this shit? And it's like, well, it's because Mm -hmm. they're stupid. Um, Mm -hmm. there's a, there's a, there's a, a broad sort of thing that nobody really talks about, but it's like, there's maybe, I don't want to say a percentage. I'll pull a percentage out of my ass, but know that it's not accurate, okay? Um, it could be higher, could be lower by a lot. I don't know. But let's say, let's say 30% of people who end up in the system are capable of turning their life around and would do so if given the opportunity. Yeah. Let's just say that, okay? That other 70% of people who end up in the system, right, usually, in rare cases, it's because a person's evil and has no conscience and all these other things. Right, they're either sociopathic or they're whatever, mm. you know. But in most of those cases, it's because they're really dumb. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't have the sort of ca- capability. Well, what, what it is, is it's the, it's the actual, where the breakfast question actually came from. Um, yeah. The idea that the people in the penitentiary have an IQ that's low enough that they can't handle a conditional hypothetical. But that also means they can't imagine themselves in a situation where they didn't commit that crime. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also like I remember. Um, I don't know how even accurate the study is, so I really shouldn't be citing it. But I did. I, um, and if I'm wrong, you can just like obviously call me on it. But I remember a while back there was a study that like uh, for some criminals, like they um, who have who lack like impulse control, for example, um, the threat of the law doesn't really dissuade them because they can't think that far ahead. Uh, they can't. It's not, you no, know, for, that uh, is that is one hundred percent. So when people talk, yes. So when people talk about like we need more active policing or you know threats of you know more punishment, more you know uh, things like that to to deter crime, you know laws like a deterrence type thing. It's like, uh, from what I understand, most criminals don't have the foresight, like the forward thinkingness like that. Most like violent criminals like that, it's not even a conception for them. Yeah, you know uh, what we said, like actually face consequences. And 100%. We said a few episodes ago we'd talk about this. So let's talk about it now that it's been brought up. Yeah. I'm sorry. I feel like Absolutely. I kind of swerved us into this. But no, yeah. No, <laughs> um, no, no. I, I kind of like threw that out to you in case you wanted to talk about it. So yes, absolutely. Like, um, yeah. well, think about this, man. Like, can you tell me, can mm-hmm. you think of, let's, let's speak in terms of, you know, that, that people who listen to this show have heard often, right? This idea of being high time preference or low time preference, right? Oh, I, I want to talk about this so much. Thank you. <laughs> Being low yes. time preference, of course, means that you're not concerned necessarily with the amount of time that it takes for something to occur. You see the value in the thing of occurring even in a far off future. This is, you know, people who make yes. a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, a 20-year plan. for the future, yes. not needing to consume immediately and gratification, some type of, like, gratification or whatever. Exactly. High time preference being the opposite. You really want the result yep. you want right now. Can you think, and, and, I, and I do want you to take a second, and if there's a, if there's a pause, I'll cut it out. I, I do want you to think about this. Is there a low time preference motive 
for murder. So you can be, I well, you can be low time preference and like plan a murder out like long time. I'm not sure if I'm addressing the question specifically, though. You know, what I mean, like you can plan, uh, like you can plan for the future and not a murder immediately and murder later on. Um, things like that. Do you know what I mean? But um, or, or are you specifically asking the act of murder itself? I, I mean, I mean, for for committing a murder. Is there a low time preference motive for committing a murder? And I do want to be clear here. I'm talking about a murder, right? I'm not talking mm-hmm. about somebody who, uh, you know, uh, the classic example is walking in on somebody fucking your wife. And so you hit them in the head with a lamp and it kills them, right? That, that sort of right. involuntary right, right, manslaughter. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about like an actual murder that a person commits. All right. Mm-hmm. And I do yeah. also want to specify, I'm talking about the kind of murders we care about, right? Because there are people who in organized yes. crime who murder each other all the time for reasons of like, well, you're my competition. It's going to make me money further down the road if I kill you. That's right. not a murder that we care about. Outlaws killing mm-hmm. outlaws is not a murder that, that we care about. I'm talking about killing an innocent person. Right. For no, for no reason that justifies the killing. Can you think of a low time preference motive for that act? A motive? I, I'm trying to think. I, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I, I, I think whatever motive I could come up with, I think there, there would be other ways to acquire what they wanted uh, through, through low time the preference. Example, so I, I'm not The example yeah. that immediately comes to my mind is, let's say, for example, buying an insurance policy on somebody and then killing them for oh, the insurance money. Sure. Okay? Sure, but yes, But that, yes. to me, is yep. still low time preference. You still want the money faster now than if you just made the money legitimately. <laughs> you know what I mean? You mean high time I'm preference. sorry, yes, high time preference. That, to me, is still yes, high time yes. preference. You know what I mean? So yep. even a murder yes, that yes, takes I a agree. plan can be a high time preference motive, right? right? Yeah, if I plan to, you know, uh, eat a bunch, like, two tubs of ice cream later, I, I'm, I'm planning for it. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm setting the, you know, the things in place to do it. But it's like if once I, I'm doing it, it's high time preference uh, sort right. of deal. Right. And even uh, making and, the plan, know, that, like, I, I'm going to I'm going to get an insurance policy on this guy and kill him in a year. Yeah. And that's going to give me. That's, well, yeah. But like you could have invested the money and made that same money over the course right. of 10 years, like most people who don't kill people would do. <laughs> right. Right. It's also um, one of these things where it's like I, I also want to talk about I, I don't want to derail the topic too much because I, I like the laws of, as a deterrence topic. But I also did want to talk about like how I'm very annoyed in online spaces, how high time preference and low time preference, which are economic concepts, economic being a value free science. Right. Yes. Um, like like uh, not capital S science, but you know what I mean? Um, anyway, um, it, it being a value for people are using high time preference and low time preference as almost a moral judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And no, no, no. There, are, there makes... are things that you're high time preference about, and things that you're low time preference about, and that's true for everyone. Yes, yes, and, and you know, it, it's true that you know, obviously, if everyone is just if no one plans for the future, then you know, there's no you know, society just crumbles, right? Obviously, um, that that's certainly true. But just because that's a low, that's a high time preference activity, just you know, consuming everything immediately, uh, that doesn't mean that all high time preference activities are bad. Or that you know what I mean? Like it's just it's just a way of speaking. It's a it's an economic yes. way of speaking about motives or like incentives and how deferred your gratification is. 
That's yes. what that's all high time pre- in regards to like economic goods. That's all high time preference and low time preference talking about. Yes. So when people go on and talk about it as if, oh, you know, your high time preference because you really enjoy you you bought some ice cream and ate it immediately. Uh, it's like, okay. Right. And yeah. What would exactly. you say? Yes. <laughs> it's like there's no and, it's just a description. It it's begins and ends there. It it's not saying anything else. Like you can make inferences maybe about it, but it it, it itself is not you can't make like uh, logical deductions from it necessarily. Uh, I, I, it just I, is what it is. I agree. I'm I'm actually glad you used that example because you think about the ice cream thing and it's like, "Well, why did you get the yeah. ice cream? Because it's good and I wanted some." Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sometimes I just want to eat something, and I just want to feel good, and that doesn't make me a bad person. I know. I agree. <laughs> like, that's, that's not a moral yeah. sort of thing, right? That that's no. not a moral judgment. But but think about this. I don't believe that there is such a thing as a low time preference motive for murder. Even a murder that's planned out over some course of time is done for low time preference reasons or for high time preference reasons. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, I, I agree. Yeah. So, so my, my position then becomes, why do people then, and let's, let's say, let's, 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 let's make a categorical distinction here. There are people who commit crimes and there are criminals and they're not always the same thing. I think Mm -hmm. a, a criminal, someone who is a criminal is habitual. This is something that they do all the time. And Mm -hmm. I also only count real crimes. Killing people, hurting people, uh, breaking people's things, taking people's right. things, right? Those are, those are real crimes, and I think those count. Uh, somebody mm-hmm. who's a habitual fucking crack smoker, I don't think they're necessarily a habitual criminal unless their desire for crack also causes them to steal shit from people all the time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. So, so let's make that, that categorical distinction. When, when I'm talking about criminals, right, these are people who are criminals. Um, yeah, and, people and, actually engage in aggressive, like aggressive activity against others. Yes, yes, in, in aggressive and criminal activity against other people with a victim, and they do it relatively consistently. Mm-hmm. Okay, those people, right? There is some proportion of them who are who are um, what we would colloquially call evil, but in all likelihood, they're sociopaths or there's something wrong with their fucking brain mm-hmm. that causes them to either right. enjoy or not care about hurting people. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's one thing. Yeah. The rest of them. And that's incredibly rare. The rest of them <laughs> are doing things because I want to right now. And they're not right. really yes. capable of thinking past first order effects. If I steal yes. this person's wallet, I will have their wallet. OK, yeah. but what happens I, next? Well, maybe he shoots right. me. I don't know. Well, they don't right, even think right. that far ahead. It's, I just want the wallet, now I'm taking the wallet. And then when they get shot, they're surprised. Right. I, I think, I, I do think I could construct some, like, improbable scenario for maybe a low-time preference murder, but it'd be so improbable that it's, it might as well not exist. Like, uh, imagine that someone knows, like, someone wants an inheritance, but they know they're not written into the will or something like that, so they're never going to get it. Um, right um, through like legal and let's just assume that the person the the person who is going to die will just never let them have the money Um, if the person knows that and and the the biggest and of all time it's like atlas holding the world up on its shoulders um, it's like and if they knew they would get away with it that would be 
they would uh, and let's assume like that so here's the thing right because because low and high time permits are about consumption yeah so if you're not consuming at all it that's a lowered and going from no consumption to some consumption i i think would be regarded as a lower time preference activity than just not consuming at all possibly yeah yeah sure but, but this so, is the thing, too. So this maybe. Is, but, but again, it's so improbable. I'm, I'm doing this to actually strengthen your right, point. Right. It's so improbable that no, no, I don't think any murderer ever knows both that they will never be caught or even cares that or even that crosses their mind. Uh, and it kind of, uh, I mean, old. it kind of sort of uh, goes to the core of kind of what I'm saying. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and your point's well taken. You have to construct this kind of whole thing. Um, yeah. Not only a. Uh, not only do you have to construct Which, a fictional. I don't scenario. think murderers are actually. Yeah, no murderer right. is actually thinking in the terms I just laid out. You, well, uh, that's the point I was getting. You also have to construct a fictional person who is smart right. enough and capable enough to commit a murder where they know for a fact they are not going to get caught, and yet they still chose that route to get their to get their payday. Right. Mm-hmm, That's sure. someone who's smart and capable enough and able to think down that many steps is probably going to go with a legitimate method instead. <laughs> Does that make sense? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are like the rare, like mastermind criminals, which is not the norm. Yes. No, exactly. And this is kind of the point I'm making. So it, it, I'm, I'm talking about like your average criminal, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Your average criminals just doing criminal shit because they want to do it right now. And there's no thought mm-hmm. to the consequence and they're not capable of considering. Let's say, let's say you have a, let's say you're a defense attorney and you have a client, you walk in mm-hmm. there and you sit down and you say, bud, do you know where you'd be right now? If, if you hadn't committed this crime, they would look at you and say, but I, but I did do it. Yeah, but they did eat breakfast. Exactly. Exactly. They cannot think of themselves in a parallel sort of way, in a, a you know, in, 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 a, in a position presented a to them as a conditional hypothetical, yeah, a possible world where they, they just cannot conceive of it. And I'll tell you what I think part of it is, too. And this is something that fascinated me, but many, many, many years ago, and I couldn't tell you the source, uh, fucking, it came to me in a dream, it was, it was published <laughs> in some volume, the name of which I cannot remember, whatever you want to say, man. Um, but... Many, many years ago, I saw a, a, a thing that said that you're, the part of your brain that lights up when you think about you in the future is the mm-hmm. part of your brain that lights up when you think about other people. Mm. It is not the introspective part of the brain. Oh, interesting. So if, 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 this, is, if this is true, and I'm pretty sure it's true because I've been saying it for many, many years since I learned it, but... <laughs> So to me, it's true. Uh, if I'm wrong, hit yeah, me up on Twitter or something. I can't speak. I can't speak to if that's true, but that would make sense because if you're imagining yourself in a possible world, you're imagining sort. Of, it's still you, but you're imagining yourself in a different like place. So that yes. makes that would make it seem that it's it's more easier for. It, it makes sense that those things link to me. Yeah. Yes, and you can intellectually you can say, um, I can I can put these concepts together, and I can say thinking about me in the future. Yes, it, it, it's functionally and, and physiologically I'm thinking about another person, but intellectually I can make the connection to myself and I can say, right. but I also know that other person is me, right? Um, right. 
There are people who cannot do that. There are people who's, who, when they think about themselves in the future, or they think about uh, they, if, they, if they are capable of it, and, and a lot of times they're not, um, not in any real sense. If they think about themselves in the future, they think about a, a conditional hypothetical. How would you feel if you had a breakfast this morning? Um, that, that part of the brain doesn't make that link. They can't intellectually make that link between other person and me. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that, that definitely makes sense. Again, it could maybe that study is focused, but to me, that makes intuitive sense that it's like the, the idea to like put yourself in other shoes and to put your shoes in another world yes. are actually somewhat linked. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. Exactly. And this is the kind of thing, too, by the way. I, I mean, look, I'm I, like I said, I read this many, many, many years ago, but it was a, like mm-hmm. one of those things that they do. You know, they put somebody in a CAT scan, they ask them questions, and they, they yeah. see what parts of the brain yeah. lights up. So it was a, a relatively simple, you know what I mean, type of thing. Yeah. You know, which isn't conclusive. I want to be clear. That's not conclusive, like just seeing what part, but it does make sense. So sure. I, I'm oh, yeah, sure. instinctively more like, yeah, inclined to agree with it. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it makes, it, exactly. It makes perfect sense because that, that's yeah. how you get the kind of person who can't think about a conditional hypothetical is that, mm-hmm. right. Or, or can't think about, you know, you know, Hey man, where yeah, are you going to be in I five can, years? I don't know. Right. Yeah. If all I can think about is like me in the meat suit right now at this current point in time, it would make sense that I can't really imagine what it's like to be a person if I can't imagine what it's like for myself to like be in a different time. <laughs> exactly. In a different position or yeah. a different place or having done yeah. something else. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. And so now <laughs> if, if, if now I will ask the audience to accept as true that mm-hmm. the average criminal is that type of person. Mm-hmm. The average criminal is that type of person. And, and again, the breakfast hypothetical, right? It's like a sub, what was it? Sub 80 IQ, yeah. something like that yeah. is when that becomes an issue. So you have a portion of the population, certainly who is there, sub 80 IQ. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the portion of the criminal population who is there <laughs> is, um, outsized. We shall say, <laughs> I think that's, I think the average criminal is the kind of person who just doesn't have that intellectual capacity. Mm. And so, um, you know, whether it's linked to IQ or whatever, or whether what IQ is actually measuring correlates in some way, I'm not trying to say IQ is the determinant factor. It's not, but, but the, the, the person who is the average criminal is a person who cannot handle a a conditional hypothetical. They cannot think of themselves in the future as them. And they cannot tell you where they would be if they hadn't committed the crime because their motivation is the next one, maybe two steps. They don't have the ability to project their identity into the future. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's, that makes a lot of Yeah. And that's why yeah, that they makes, can't. I think that's why a lot of people can't think past first order effects. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, but if you can't project your identity into the future, let me ask you this then. If, if it is true, okay, and I yeah. think it is true, and this is my argument, if it is true that the average criminal cannot project their identity into the future, how do you deter their crime? Right. Is it yeah, even possible? It's, it's actually hard for me to think what that would be like. I'm str- I, I'm, it's like I'm struggling to think it's what it would be like right? not to I've that. been practicing yeah. this now for a while, kind of since I came <laughs> You're just sitting in the room practicing to yes. have identity death pass one second. Yes, yes, actively, actively. I've been actively trying to practice this, and I'll tell you why. 
It's because I told this to Lady Jane, and she said, there's a couple of defendants who that realization has helped me communicate with. Yeah, now that does, it does make sense, man. Like, I don't know. Yeah, again, maybe we're off base and this is wrong, but in- intuitively this may, that makes sense to me. That there is some type of correlate between being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes and being able to put your shoes in another possible world. Uh, that that does, like, make a lot of sense to me. Yes, absolutely. Now think about this. I'll add another layer on top. Mm-hmm. Now you have a whole class of people You have an Mm -hmm. entire class of people who are not these people. You have an entire class of people who is capable of thinking of possible consequences to their actions. Mm -hmm. And this entire class of people can range from, I'm going to use the IQ scale, but again, whatever IQ correlates to that somehow sort of predicts for this, whatever. You know, they're above 90 IQ and up, right? People Mm -hmm. who can maybe think of the consequences to their actions, maybe. Mm Okay. Okay. So, you have inside of that class of people what is commonly nowadays referred to as the midwit, (laughs) who is smart enough to understand that they can think of consequences, but they are not smart enough to think like someone who is dumber than them. And so, their assumption is that law deters crime that's their assumption because they can think of consequences right they can think into the future but they can't imagine what it's like to be someone else who is not them they can't imagine they can't imagine what it's like to not be able to imagine consequences right right okay yeah so you have this entire class of midwits who think that laws deter crime. And when I say crime, of course, I mean the type of crimes that we care about, right? People murdering right. people, hurting and, people, taking their again, things and breaking possible, their things. It's also possible, right, because it's a counterfactual. It's also possible that it could be the case that law does prevent people who otherwise would be criminals from not being criminals. But we have no way of knowing that. You know, it seems like it, it might be a safe assumption, but we have right. no way of knowing that. Uh, you know, it's, it's right, like, exactly. I, I don't know, maybe you could ask people on a survey, but I don't know if use that as reliable evidence that's why this hinges on the observation that the average criminal as a a proportion of the criminal population Mm -hmm. the average criminal is incapable of thinking past first order effects the average criminal cannot project their identity into the future and and it hinges on that if that's not true my argument is bullshit right right yeah and if if there are like there are you know you know uh outside deviations and stuff like that where there are like mastermind criminals who are yes, extremely sure. intelligent and can think like 20 steps ahead but you're always uh, going to have people, yeah you're always going to have some you're they're also going to have some rare. number of people on the other side who are just psychopaths and they're they're not yes. even thinking about the first order effects their whole thing is i just love killing murder and raping whatever it is like they're like that's right that 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 percentage of people will always exist there will always be some of those yes. whether you have prisons and laws or not right Right. Um, yeah. and, and the proportion is probably the same in both cases. I, I don't think there's yeah. more or less sociopaths because laws exist. Mm-hmm. That's just a right. proportion of the human population. Yeah. So accounting for that there might be some people who uh, don't commit crimes because it's illegal, right? There, I, I'm willing to admit that there are some people like that. 
I think more majority of people who don't commit crimes, or at least most crimes, do it because they think those crimes are wrong in the first place, and the criminals are ones who don't even care. So you, once yes. you're kind of left There's with those the, two possibilities... That's the next layer on this seven-layer dip. Yeah. Is the idea then that what those, is the those very same midwits who can imagine yeah. consequences would also not do the crime anyway because they have right. some sort of moral moral uh uh problem with it or they have right. or they can imagine consequences so they know I don't have to kill somebody for their wallet I can just invest my money at JP Morgan Chase I've, whatever it is <laughs> I've made this argument before when I've talked about anarchism so obviously anarchism you know I, for listeners you guys know this but like when I'm talking to people who are new to like anarchist like uh philosophy um, the, a, a lot of people will criticize anarchism as just being lawless, right? And it's yes. like, no, there actually is laws to anarchism, but I will go out further. I will engage you on your own ground. And I'll say, even if it was true that there were no laws, I do not think it would be the world you think it would be. Right. Because for one, the people who commit crimes are going to commit crimes anyway. And there, it's not like there wouldn't be forceful responses to those crimes. It's not like people would just lay down and die if there were. Well, there's not a law saying I can defend myself from being murdered. So I guess I'm just going to lay here and get my let myself. Yes. You know, <laughs> so uh, even if there were no like ostensible like laws written down somewhere. Um, the people who commit crimes now probably would still commit, you know, those things that we call crimes now, uh, those actions. Um, and the people who don't probably still wouldn't. That's the that Yes, exactly. <laughs> so even exactly. if there were no laws in a literal sense, I still think well, it not would only because not of that, turn. But because they yeah. can think of those consequences, the reciprocity calculator in their head is, is functioning perfectly. The rest of the, yeah, that's right. ultimately what controls human action. What controls the how we treat other people is that recipro that that reciprocity calculator that runs in our head at all times. And it's that mm -hmm. it's that thing that tells us there will be social consequences, not just legal ones, but social consequences right. to an action right. that I take. And so yes. the, that that reciprocity calculator is the core of of human pro social living and. Yeah. That calculator's working well in these midwits. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't do it anyway. They can think, yeah, I probably couldn't get away right. with a murder. But they wouldn't do the murder in the first place. Right, right. And also, also, you know, when I talked about how I said there were some people who, like, you know, maybe they don't commit murder because it is, they, would, they feel like they'd get caught. Maybe, that's, maybe those are the people we could say who do get, like, um... Um, scared off by the law itself. Sure. Maybe they do exist. Now let's imagine this hypothetical people. Yeah, but that's right, to be very who, clear. Like, that's far outside yeah. on the tail of the of the Delta. yeah. And, and we have no way of knowing. We have no way of like substantiating that those people exist. It's just hypothetical. Sure. But let's just say. Let's just oh, I'm sure for a they do. They but do. they're out there on the tail oh, yeah, of the yeah. Delta. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So now let's assume that that hypothetical people, those group of people, those people on the tail. Let's imagine we put them into an anarchist society where there are literally no law. Okay, so does that mean, does that mean, well, of course, those, now those people are gonna, just going to go uh, crazy and murder because there's no, like, ink on paper. Uh, right. Well, no, because then they're going to get killed. Yes, exactly. So, so even though there's no, like, actual law on paper that says, hey, you're not allowed to murder, bud, um... Even if they, like, you could say that, well, because now there's no law, there's no ink on paper, now they're not dissuaded from going out and murdering. It's like, well, if, if, they're, if they're scared enough in a, in a society where there are laws not to murder, 
then they should be smart enough to realize that if they go out and murder, they themselves are going to get killed in the street. Yes. In that yeah. society. So even if there are no laws ostensibly in an anarchist society where they're in like a worst case scenario that people try to con- concoct, it's like, I think things would look the same. Yeah, And absolutely. that's why, because it's like, the, the, it's not the law, it's the threat of force behind the law, right? Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. I know that's like super exactly. splitting hairs, but that's what it is. Well, no, that's what it is. It's functional. the threat of force. And the threat of force would still exist even if there were no laws in right. a given area. And it still uh, for wouldn't matter actions. to the average guy who just wants the wallet yes. and then gets shot yeah. when he gets <laughs> shot. Right. And it wouldn't matter to the person who would not commit those actions on a moral basis anyway. Right. And it wouldn't matter to people who are too scared to commit crimes because then they could get hurt for it because the same thing would happen. Exactly. <laughs> so but it would be the have... same in, all, in those scenarios. Exactly. So what you have is this vast number of midwits who assume that law is a deterrent because they mm-hmm. can think in terms of consequences, but they right. do not understand that the average of people who are criminals cannot or do mm-hmm. not. Right. So this, I, this idea, and again, if I'm wrong about that, my whole argument's bullshit, but I don't think I'm wrong about that. <laughs> I think yeah, I'm 100% again, right about we, that. <laughs> yeah. We, we can't, like, yeah. know what is inside a person's head, like, what their internal thoughts are. So, you know, it's... It's hard to say, but I do, I, I do, I, I never considered that before, and I'm so grateful that you brought that up, because I, I never really thought about that, about how there's a correlation between not being able to put yourself into the future and not being able to consider what it's like to be another person. Yes. That is a, an astounding, um, like, revelation. I, th- I think that's great. Well, this is, this is the thing. I've been torturing myself trying to think like a dumber uh-huh. guy for a long time. I've been trying to, like, since I realized this, I've been You're just, like, chewing on lead paint, like, in your home. You're, like, just scraping it off the wall. Just like... (laughs) Exactly. Um, I've been trying to think in those terms. I've been trying to think in terms of, like, how would I respond to this if I couldn't, if I couldn't tell you how I would feel if I didn't have breakfast this morning? How would I respond to this? And, and it's, it's one of those things that, and again, Lady Jane told me that this has helped in some of her communication. Not all, of course, but some of her communication mm-hmm. with some of yeah. the some people who she deals with on a regular basis. So this 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 is the this is the kind of thing that I think a lot of people don't really think about. Um, and and yeah. and honestly, they have no reason to because in their in their mind in their world they live with the concept of consequence. Right, but, but there are people yeah. for whom that concept is foreign. Like they know what the word means, but right. they can't think their way to it. Well, it's like the old joke, you know, one fish says to the other, "How's the water?" The other says, "What's water?" Yeah, because exactly. it's just so it, it's it's so all around them all the time that they don't even recognize they don't even give it a name because it's too all expansive. Right, and as a consequence. The only things, and there's, are, there's some pretty convincing literature on this, the only things that laws actually deter is shit we don't really care about, like speeding. <laughs> right. And that's just because it's a massive fucking nuisance to you every day. Mm-hmm. The right. constant threat of being pulled over for speeding is a huge nuisance. And you know what? A lot right. of these guys who are FIP and drug possession and all this other stuff, they got pulled over for speeding. Also, the so idea that not you know, even, with the knowledge they're committing a crime, they're not even smart enough to think about the consequences of speeding. I'm also curious about the people who talk about, well, you know, if there was no law, everyone would just be murdering and raping each other. It's like if that's what you think most people are like, 
don't you kind of want to do something about that? Right. <laughs> like, like yeah. if that's truly what you think most people uh, would do, I don't know. Uh, maybe letting them out in the open for a little bit, not not to where they can harm people, but just seeing what they do uh, or what they try to do, I should say. Uh, maybe that would be revealing, and maybe we could stop that. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like you know, if you think your neighbor is just trying to like murder you or rape you at any moment, if there was no law, then it seems that you know every type of like social interaction you have is deceptive. Yes. Because you're assuming that they're just a bad person. Yes. And it's it's simply I just I think it's just simply not the case. Because the, the No, I agree. I, because I agree, frankly, with the with the conceit of the moral animal that that we have this pro social reciprocity calculator running in our head that's no, part I mean, of our just, biology. And it's not it also like, just uh, seems I'm sorry, continue. Sorry. No, no, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. no, no, go for it. That was all I had to say. <laughs> on the I, on the No, I, I was just I, I was just gonna say that it just seems so obvious that if if humanity was like this in general or, or a majority or something, right, that most people were just out to rape and kill or something, it seems like the species would not be here right now, truthfully. Uh, it seems like things would have come to a head or long Or that people would be now. doing it a lot more. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's be, let's be, let's be brutally honest. Um... There's no, well, not brutally honest, there's nothing really brutal about it, but uh, there's, the world is relatively safe. Yes, yeah, yes. I mean, if you're you're a person out in the world, you're probably safe. We've talked about this ad nauseum, but, uh, like, you can hear a lot of bad things on the news, but the reason they're on the news is because they're newsworthy, which means they're not common. Exactly. Exactly. There's, and and, and if you're, as you're walking around just out in the world, there's not a cop on every street corner. Right. You don't, you don't see him all over the goddamn place unless you're, <laughs> unless you're walking around in the hood. Yeah, right. There, you, you, don't, you don't see cops in every, in every, on every goddamn mm-hmm. street corner on the planet. And still, no one's attacking you, taking your wallet, whatever. And if they were, if they yeah. did, you'd just shoot them. So it's, <laughs> right. it's the kind of thing where it's like, you got you have the 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 sort of pro social nature of man, right? I think is right. one of those things that keeps us safe and actually does deter criminal activity. That 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 right. but it's an internal thing. It's not it it doesn't come from without. And the right. the argument then becomes like okay, so laws don't deter crime as a rule, right? Right. We, uh, at least the kind of crimes again, the kinds of crimes that we care about. Um, mm-hmm. because the people who they would aim to deter are not deterred. Are already deterred. Or, or, or yeah, or are already yeah, deterred. Exactly. Are yeah. already deterred or are not deterrable. Yes. And that's, that is the core, that is the, that is the core realization. Well, what did I... Which Greek philosopher said it was it it was uh, was it Seneca or is it Plato or I don't remember but um uh you know good men will uh, follow laws and uh, bad men will anyway something to that effect yeah it's like you know it's like yeah yeah okay so yes but I think it goes deeper too than like ignoring the fact that the law exists I think it doesn't enter into their calculus that there might be a legal consequence. Right. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. And and it's not they're they're just not capable of getting there. I think. Yeah. I think that's. Yeah. I don't know the percentage of that, but I'm willing to believe that's uh, that, uh from from things I read, which could be wrong. 
uh, you know, I, I'm not making a hard claim here that I'm married to, but uh, from from what I've read, I, I do. It, it's my understanding that a lot of criminals have very low impulse control, which would be correlated with the inability to like see the future, plan for the future, their yes. future self. And, and it, honestly, it's the entire conceit of the breakfast question. If yeah. you think yes. that the breakfast question carries any merit or meaning at all. If, if what it means, if you, if, you, if you agree with what the breakfast question means, right, um, mm-hmm. then I think you agree with my premise, because my premise is the breakfast question. My premise is right. that, is that yeah. and, and if you remember, that, that post, and I don't know if anybody ever verified the legitimacy of that, <laughs> but that post, uh, the, the core conceit of it was <laughs> um, that it was inmates at San Quentin. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. I didn't know that was like the, the supposed source for it. Yes. Yeah. That was the conceit of the was that it was a study done on IQ and in inmates at San Quentin and that it was under oh, like 80 IQ that people started to have a real problem with dealing with conditional hypotheticals. Mm, OK, that was the whole conceit of the post. And so it, it but but I think it grew larger than that because I think it carries some kernel of truth that goes beyond that. Right. This idea that if you can't think yeah. of a condition, if you can't calculate, if you cannot run a conditional hypothetical, that there is a, a, a lack of a certain level of intelligence there. Yeah. Well, also, the inability to abstract affects empathy. Yes. That is... Uh, oh, yeah. Know, when I say it, it sounds really intuitive, but it's, it's just like, yeah, that... Yeah. If you can't project your identity into the future, how can you project yourself onto someone else? In order to right. feel empathy. Yeah. Uh, at least in order to feel empathy in, in a way that might, um, in a deep way. I think everybody kind of understands yes. like, oh, I've been sad. You're sad. I guess we're sad. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get that. It's a difference between sympathy and empathy, right? right? Sympathy is understanding how someone feels. Empathy is feeling how someone feels. Yes, exactly. And so, so this is the... This is something that I was I was talking to my dad about, actually, and I told him, I said, you know, there's this sort of progressive liberal line, uh, especially in criminal defense and especially during like the late, you know, Clarence Darrow type era, um, that it's not the criminal's fault that they are criminal, that there's some other thing, you know, and this is where the the classic, you know, socioeconomic factors, I say in air quotes, mm-hmm. um, sort of comes into it. And everybody scoffs and laughs at that because I think it is facially mm-hmm. kind of dumb. What's what I think is correct, and, and the, the way that I think those guys were on the right track is that, and, and, and the reason I think that this follows is because they were those very same midwits, all of the social science people who were trying to put together this theory of why people are criminals and how it's not their fault. They're those very midwits I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And so the conclusion, I think, eluded them. I think it is true. Ultimately, that it's not really their fault, not in like a deep, true sense. Right. Because they were born very stupid. And that's not their fault. I'm sorry, I'm reminded of the Donald Trump quote, uh, Merry Christmas to the haters and losers, they can't help <laughs> born fucked up. <laughs> I think there's some truth to that. I, I, think, I really do yeah. think, I think that, uh, that the average criminal yeah. was born dumb. And they are born incapable of projecting their identity into the future, thinking past first order effects. That's why they can't tell you. Where would you be if you hadn't committed this crime? I don't know. We also, I think just, you know, for clarification, there's a difference between it's not their fault 
and they're not at fault. No, and no, like, yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah, there's, it's, oh, there's yes, a, yes, there's yes, a, yes. I don't, I don't mean to sound like there. That. Yeah. 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 No, I know. I don't think you are. I just wanted to make that clarification. Like they're responsible for their actions. Yes. Yeah, so they're, they're not exactly their moral character is not at fault. In well, some, in it's some like, sense. it's like everything else related to how every one of us was born, uh, fucked up in some way. And that is, it's right. not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Yes, right, exactly. So in the same way that, like, uh, again, uh, a person doing a bad thing is still a bad thing, but it's more, we, we usually regard a bad thing as more of a bad thing if they had, if they understood what they were doing and they had an intent to yes, do it. Yes, yes. Right? Uh, I don't think intent changes personally. I don't think intent changes whether a wrong it was committed or not, but I still think it has more to do like a person's moral character and, and i do want like, to be very you, clear these people do uh-huh. intend to commit the crimes they commit they oh yes yes it's not like they're, yeah it's not like yeah i'm not trying to yeah. absolve them of responsibility no i'm what not I'm either i'm is, not either yeah i'm saying is they are capable of forming that intent because they were born dumb yeah does that make sense yep and so it's it's the kind of thing that i i uh I, so the, the, the ultimate question then becomes, well, like, well, what do you do about it? And I think this point in the conversation, and I got to this point in the conversation with my dad, too, where I had to tell him, like, look, the recognition that at least half of people are dumber than average is not a qualitative statement on them as human beings. <laughs> yes. It must be true. That half of people are dumber than average, and that doesn't make them mm-hmm. less human. <laughs> it does not yeah, make this is them a very less important deserving point, of I human like, rights. <laughs> I, this, yeah, so this is such an important point, too, and I'm glad you brought this up, because I was going to bring it up. Uh, I, I completely agree, like, so far with what you said. I could totally see how some, like, right-wing fascist could be like, aha! So this is why we need to exterminate them. You know, exactly. that type of thing. Yes. <laughs> Here's the problem with killing everyone who's in the lowest yeah. quartile of intelligence. Now there's a new lowest quartile of intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> this is why that's dumb, right? That's why that's stupid. Um, but- yeah, and it's also like, just because a person may not be like... Uh, that smart doesn't mean they don't have like moral value that they are oh, like sure. a moral patient. Oh no, I didn't mean to you, seem you know like what? a consequentialist. Oh no, no, I'm not saying one. that. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm just, yeah, yeah. I know that from you. I was just, I was just like adding on. Yes, no, yeah. you're absolutely correct. The outside of the fact that it's immoral to kill the lowest quartile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, it doesn't reduce their value as human beings. It it truly doesn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but I think it's also. Um, I do think it is uncontroversial to say that half of people are dumber than average. Like, that's just the truth. And, um, it's the mathematical fact. <laughs> I mean, if you assume a midpoint, you have to assume two ends on the, uh, exactly. side of the end in that midpoint. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a, there's, a, to me anyway, it, it doesn't, it doesn't reduce their values as human beings. It doesn't mean they don't get the same rights. It doesn't mean that. Again, right. I'm, I'm a prison abolitionist still. Yeah, me too. Um, but I think the way that you handle situations like this, I think about it in the same way. And this is when you start getting to like, you know, well, okay, so what do you do about it? Um, I, I think I've made the argument with immigration for a very long time that there would be far less illegal immigration if the immigration system 
were the easier method of immigrating. <laughs> right. If, yeah. if immigrating illegally was harder than immigrating legally, then uh, fewer people would do it the way you don't like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And so I think that holds true for the average criminal as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think if, if, if you could somehow make it where living without criminality were easier than living with yeah. criminality, um, or, or right. where the choice that's right in front of you isn't always the criminal choice, um, uh-huh. then you would have less of this activity. Because, yeah. again, you have to think about these are people who cannot think about the consequence. It's the next step. Only the next And in some sense, you know, that socioeconomic thing that people always bring up about crime, there's some truth to it in that sense, I think, where it's like if if things were just easier economically for people, there'd be less reason to commit crime. Yes, Um, I agree with that. I I think that is true. That's absolutely true. Yes. But but I I think the core of it isn't like a Again, I I think that that the idea that well they were forced into it because of the socioeconomics of the situation. No, they were forced. Right. They 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 made a choice. Again, their responsibility. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And, and of course, you know, frankly, they probably wouldn't be in the socioeconomic situation they're in if they were capable of thinking in consequential terms. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, mm-hmm. it, it, there's, a, there's a chicken and egg there, too. <laughs> um, but it's a, there's, I don't know. I, I, just, I just find it, um, I just think that if you find that, compelling at all that idea Mm -hmm. that that the average criminal cannot think past first order effects the average criminal Mm -hmm. cannot project their identity into the future and think about consequence and certainly if they can't do that they certainly can't think about a conditional hypothetical um Mm -hmm. if the average criminal is in that situation how is law a deterrent at all yeah you know i I also think uh, there's uh, so I, I think those are all like very good points. I, I think there's also a case to be made also that like the idea that people have that law should be a deterrent in the first place. Oh, sure. Um, it's also interesting. The idea that like, well, you know, uh, the, the role of law is to deter other people. Uh, but, you know, I, I think once you kind of enter down that road and you don't have any other being principle to like uh, kind of like um, uh, put a handicap on that. I, I think for what that kind of leads to is like, well, why don't we just torture people in public, uh, no matter how big of a, or small of a crime they commit? And that would, like, under their theory, right, assuming that they're correct in their theory of how you can reduce crime, that would seem to be a, a perfectly, you know, applicable thing, right? Well, let's just torture a criminal in broad daylight and scare everyone else away from committing crime. Um, right. There's, you know, I, I think... Uh, I think that is sort of like a, uh, without any other mediating principle, that's kind of like the logical consequence of that type of like worldview. It absolutely is. And it's, and it's why people do have a very easy time saying, well, why are we letting them out at all? It's, it's right. why people have a really easy time saying shit like that when they've never seen the inside yeah. of a courtroom. Is, is mm-hmm. that they're, or, and it's why people have an easy time saying, well, if you're not a bad guy, why are you in this situation? And those people right. sit why on juries. I mean, those yeah. people are, yeah. those people are there. <laughs> terrifying <laughs> yeah absolutely and but but it's 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 why they have such an easy time doing yeah. that but i mm-hmm. again i think there's a i think i think the core issue is that you have a political class of midwits and they're the, the largest base of people 
is midwits, right? The average intelligence mm-hmm. who right. can think in terms of consequence, but they cannot think like a dumber person. Right, right. And, and, so and also, I, I think assumptions don't uh, follow. Right. I think it's, it's also important to like clarify because I, I, you know, j- just for clarification's sake, uh, we're not calling people who are like below average criminals. Uh, we're not no. saying that people who are below average are criminals. No. would ever commit crime. It just happens to be that a lot of people who do commit crimes do happen a, to be below a, average. But that says, but it says nothing of the people who are like below average. It's the uh, average. About, it, like, it's the criminal. average of a set yeah. of a set. So it's like it's the right, right. The, it's it's the average criminal, and and I, I think most of criminality exists in in that. So again, the crimes we care about: uh, hurting people, killing mm-hmm. people, uh, taking their things, yeah. breaking their things. Most most of um. Most of that crime exists in a particular set, but that doesn't mean most of that set commits that crime. Right, Those exactly. Don't so go like, you, it would be wrong to like find a below average person of intelligence and then uh, like assume that they were a criminal. Or yes, no, that doesn't follow. It's most was, people. Right, right, most people are not criminals. Most yeah. people are absolutely exactly. capable of living totally pro socially, right. even without. By the way. Even without being able to think past first order effects, most people yes, still have that, that reciprocity that. calculator yes. running, and they can still yes. they can still behave pro socially. Even if they're not smart, yeah. they can still so be pro social. I think so. Where I land on this is, I think that there is probably a strong correlation between the two. I don't know if that's all that there necessarily needs to be for criminality. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's probably something else along with that. It's not sufficient. That kind of spurs it. It's not sufficient. Yeah, right. I think it is. Sufficient. I think yep. the. I think the right term, at least for the average criminal, is necessary, necessary but not sufficient. Right. Um. It yep. is necessary uh, yeah, that right. you can't project your identity into the future. It is uh-huh. not sufficient. There has to be something else involved. That yeah. uh, that 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 sort of helps as a causal factor, right? Yep, I, I would agree with that. Whether that's and that could be a lack of empathy, that could be a lack of uh, mm-hmm. of of uh, <laughs> I don't know. That could be a lack there of. There could be a million right? mental. There could be a there could be a million like internal mental mechanisms. Some sort of mental problem. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So so whatever those other factors are, um, they are also they they are they are involved. But I do think that in order for someone to actually uh, behave as the average criminal, right? And again, I can't say it enough, right. the average criminal. I'm not talking about, I'm talking yeah. about the most of the people <laughs> who commit yeah. the crimes. We there are obviously like serial killers and psychopaths who are highly, yes. highly intense. Yes, uh, Like in the 180 areas where you go, where like you, you go to, and I'm not a big believer in IQ personally, but there is a like, uh, you know, if you do buy into it, there is a, a level when you go too high, weird things start yes, happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. So, yeah. but, I mean, here's the thing. I, I'm not a huge, I don't know what IQ measures, but I think what IQ measures mm-hmm. probably correlates to intelligence in some way. Right. I, I don't think it's a direct measure of intelligence. I think it I might agree. correlate. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Right. Which is why sure. I don't yeah. have such a problem using it as a, as a reference point, but not as mm-hmm. a cornerstone. Does that make sense? Sure. Yep, yep. But in any case, it's 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 one of those things that, to me, anyway. I mean, to your point, though, you you will always have those people who are sociopaths and who who are serial murderers, yeah. and they just they get off on it, right? But law doesn't deter them either, <laughs> and thinking law deters right. them is dumber <laughs> yes. than thinking law deters like the average criminal. <laughs> Right. And it really, to me, to say that law deters crime, you really have to be asserting a 
factual that you cannot prove, <laughs> you know? Yes, uh, In order for that to work. So it's, it's like, I just don't think it's a good argument at all. Uh, no. And it's so funny because I think most people have that assumption that, well, yeah, law deters, deters crime. But when you think about it, or just a little bit, you're like, well, does it, though? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, here's yeah. the thing. There's not a person alive who hasn't committed a crime. They certainly were oh, deterred. That, well, yeah. Right, right, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things that, like, right. I mean, does it, though? <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like... Uh, yeah, again, I think I think this argument works for like big crimes, like uh, you know yeah. things we we as libertarians would care about. If someone like you know if there was a crime, let's say uh, to like you know eat ice cream or something like that, I, I think you could say that. Well, I would eat ice cream if it wasn't illegal, or maybe I would eat ice cream anyway. Right. Uh, but uh, that's the different than like a thing that actually harms another person. Right. Um, I agree, and that's yeah. the thing, and that's why I say the the when I talk about the average criminal, I'm talking about when I say criminal, I'm talking about a class of people who hurts people, kills people, takes things, and breaks things mm-hmm. that don't belong to them, and and yeah. that is the like core of what I would call criminality, and um, mm-hmm. a criminal is a person who does that on a regular basis. That's you know what right. I mean. Yeah, it's not like just they had like a violent outburst one. And that's like, you know, out of the thing. Yeah, just, yeah. getting know, in a bar fight. It was a wrong, but it wasn't. You're right, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but that's, uh, anyway, yeah, that's that, that's that sort of reason. That's why I think law is not a deterrent. And it is, I will, mm, I will okay. readily admit, if someone can prove to me that the average criminal, you know, if you were to place it, you know, just generally, if someone were to be able to prove to me that the average criminal is capable of of projecting their identity forward and and um and uh thinking past first order effects and handling conditional hypotheticals and all that other stuff, if someone could 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 sort of convince me that 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 my my the assumption upon which this whole discussion is based is incorrect, um, I'm I'm mm-hmm. totally willing to change my mind on that. But I don't yeah, think I'm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm. I was a uh, very like like the connection, but uh, I have said before, but like the connection between like uh, being able to imagine yourself in the future or in another possible world and the ability to empathize with another person—that's like a profound realization. Oh, yes. I, I, that's what like really sold me on it. Um, I, I'm not married to the idea necessarily. Like, if, I, if they could show that, that was incorrect, I'd be I'd be like, okay, well that's incorrect. But yeah. that does. But what you said does intuitively. Yes, I, I think it. I think it tracks, yep. which is enough for me as it stands. Again, if somebody somebody wants to prove me wrong, have at it. Uh, I, I I am yep. certainly open to more. Yep. Um, I am certainly open to more thinking about and and looking into and logically trying to figure out criminality as a as a thing. I think it's mm-hmm. it's something that people don't pay enough attention to in a lot of ways. Yep. Um, and mm-hmm. so if you're interested in proving me wrong, find a way to do it. I'm I I invite it and I yep. welcome it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but that's what I think as it stands, and 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 frankly, I'm I'm pretty convinced because the more I look into it, the more convinced I become. Because mm-hmm, yeah. it kind of just doesn't make sense otherwise. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, yeah, I mean there could also be like hidden variables that we just don't know that you know it, mentally, oh, sure. like within people that cause crime. But you know, working with what you know, you know, you kind of have to start somewhere. So yes, it's like, and that's, that's kind of why I start at necessary, but not sufficient. It, it's necessary right. for a person to be incapable of doing that, but not sufficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right. I, I think there's more to it, but I think yeah. that that sort of core misunderstanding is why 
midwits think that the law is a deterrent is because mm-hmm. they I think there's a core misunderstanding between the way they think and the way the average criminal thinks. I'm also, yeah, you know, this is an, this is kind of on topic, but kind of not, but it's, I, 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 I mentioned it before, but like what type of world does uh, the average person think exists around them that they think that, yeah, my neighbors would kill and rape my corpse uh, if there were no laws against it. It's the, you know, it's the same argument that people have made about atheism in the past, and I'm not, I, I promise oh, I'm not right, doing that. a Reddit atheist thing, but the same argument that people have made. But it's that, a good, yeah. That that if you don't believe in a God, well, what stops you from killing and raping people? And it's like, because I don't want to. Right. But it also, <laughs> it's also like, you know, you can, you know, call it Reddit atheism, but I do think the argument is good on its own. Like, if you think that the only, like, if the only thing that's stopping you uh, from committing some raw, something that's horrible or something is because you think God will punish you for it. Yeah. I don't regard you as a good person. (laughs) I don't know. Exactly. That's the only calculation you're running. You're the sociopath. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. 100%. I think I think the argument I, I think that argument in particular is more indicative of kind of like a almost oh, well I guess the correlate to Reddit atheism is Reddit even Reddit mm-hmm. uh, evangelism or evangelicalism um, Protestantism maybe that um, that that sort of argument that well if you're an atheist you must be a rapist and a murderer and see nothing wrong with any of that oh. it's like well that's just not right no well no <laughs> yeah no I I don't even really know how to respond to that other than to say no. (laughs) Well, I also, for a lot of them, there's two problems with that, right? The the assumption is that if you're an atheist, you must be a a complete meaning that, or am I I cutting out? Yes, you are. And it actually, it actually just started. No, you're fine. It actually just started getting bad. So you noticed it. Yeah, there's uh, there's like two problems with that, right? Well, first off, you know, uh, there are it assumes that like an atheist is like a more is like a materialist, meaning they don't believe in any type of like anything that could be constructed as like morality, right? Sure. That there's no there's nothing, which is not the case necessarily. But also, it do- also doesn't mean that uh, uh, an atheist couldn't have like some arbitrary moral belief that that's wrong. <laughs> you know, sure. yeah, absolutely. So, both those things uh, are just like, yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. And and so this is actually kind of. Uh, I know that you had wanted to talk about uh, this. This actually, <laughs> yeah, you kind teased of, it earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You um the, earlier when when you oh. asked why people hate defense attorneys, I said because defense attorneys will defend the undefendable, and and yeah. that is the title of a Walter Block uh, work. Would, would you call it? Is it yep. a collection of essays or a book? It's, uh, I don't know. I think there's like three volumes out to it now. So it's, I would maybe call it more of a collection of essays. More, okay. Uh, a treatise. More, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a treatise. Yeah, that might be better. That might be yeah. a, a better word for it. Yeah. Uh, but um, anyway, yeah. I, yeah. So I, go I, ahead. I noticed, and you said you wanted to talk about that. So what? what, yeah. what is it? I, I've just, it's been kind of irritating to me at least. So um, if no one has ever read it, I think you should. I, I think it's it's a good book. And even if you have disagreements with Walter Block, which look, I have a lot of disagreements with like Walter Block on I think some pretty major issues, but I still deeply appreciate that work uh, because it will for sure. If you're like a person who's like let's say new to libertarianism, or you're a libertarian but you have very strong like liberal or conservative so cultural values. Um, that book will take you out of your comfort zone and get you to imagine scenarios which you find detestable. Yes. Um, 
And the point of this is to say that there are things, there are things in the world and in society that you, if you're a libertarian and we're in a libertarian world, there are things that might absolutely disgust you as a person and are not aggression. Yes. That they're fully in line with libertarianism and that they serve like some type of function. Which is to Um, say explicitly that you cannot use violence in response to it. Correct. That is the core. That is the uh, the the flip side of that. Is that if they're yes. not aggression, then you're not justified in using violence to stop them or that's, curtail. That's them also not way. to say you can do nothing about it, but you right, cannot exactly. use you violence. Can, yeah, you can socially if you don't like a, a certain group of people or what they're, they're like the actions they're doing or whatever. You can socially ostracize them. You can try to say you know you can do all these things, but then they can socially ostracize you back, and you know whoever wins wins at, at that point, sure. kind of in the social ostracism game. But you know, I. Uh, you can do that. You can try to get your na- you can try to convince them to stop. You can, can you know get your neighbors and stuff to like you know uh, put social pressure on them. But it seems to me that there's a lot of libertarians as of late that I've seen, and this is just anecdotal, right? I don't have any statistics to back this up or anything. But this is, so this is all anecdotal. But there seems to be a, uh, a segment of libertarians, uh, self-described libertarians, who are very much either like culturally left wing or culturally right wing to a, a very strong degree who reach a certain threshold of ick factor um, where once they encounter something that detests them down to their core, they jump ship. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, they start, they start wanting to kill people is what happened. Yes. Yes. That's yes. They're like, Hmm, I do like cops cracking skulls now. Yes. Uh, You know, and, my and you know I, I go back to Kinsella's, uh Stefan Kinsella's, um, uh terminology for this like way station libertarians is that sometimes someone may think they're a libertarian but they haven't really they, they haven't really thought about all the consequences of libertarianism the possible consequences or conclusions of it and until they do and they determine that they're a libertarian I kind of I I, I kind of don't trust them and that's kind of harsh to say but it's just like I don't know I don't have confidence that you'll be a libertarian until you've thought out all the possible bad things that you don't like in society that could still exist freely. Yes. Uh, um, It's that type of thing. And I think that a lot more libertarians should read uh, defending the uh, undefendable because specifically because I think it will accelerate the outcome that you come to, right? It will accelerate whether you are a libertarian or whether you're not just because you'll be, um, you'll be able to imagine all the bad things that could exist in the society. Um, and I think that's important, right? It's, it's like, like, sure, anyone can be a libertarian, or well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, any self-described libertarian can claim to be a libertarian yes. when they also get the culture they want, when they also think things are just like how they want them things to be. Things are going to go the way they uh, want. What really determines if you're a an actual libertarian is if... Uh, if you still believe in the non-aggression principle, when the cold, your cultural outcome did not come to be, and you're surrounded by people you hate, <laughs> yes, are you still a libertarian at that point? Yeah, and I think that is the the mark of a true libertarian. If you if you're like a true believer of libertarianism, you are willing to accept that the whole entire like like obviously look as we as libertarians. We have libertarian beliefs, and then we also have beliefs that aren't libertarianism, but they're but they're not necessarily contradictory to libertarianism. They're ancillary, sure. right? Yeah. Uh, so, like, you have you can have uh, a belief that hey, maybe I'm a right wing libertarian, so I want to see like a right wing social order. It's like okay, uh, cool. 
Um, but if that doesn't happen, are you going to start cracking skulls? Right. Uh, that is, you know, that's always whenever someone says that, you know, yeah, I'm a libertarian, but I, you know, I strongly support culture or stuff like that. It's like in a sterile clinical reading of what they're saying, I don't find anything objectionable. But in a colloquial way, that a common understanding of that, I've come to take that as if things don't go my way, I'm going to have a violent te- temper tantrum. Yes. Um, uh, yes, I'm going to lash out if, violently. If I, Th- that's that's yes. one of the things about it that, that I find so... Um, uh, not disheartening, because I kind of expect it at this point. But it, it's, more, it's, it's more just... I think it's a certain kind of enlightening to, to see how much people yeah. are, are willing to accept the truth that, and I've said mm-hmm. this before, and I said this before we started recording when we were talking about this topic, that Robert Pratt is uh, a radio guy in Texas, out in West Texas, and he it was the first sort of, uh, you know, libertarian or pseudo-libertarian, uh, uh, you know, thinker that I came across. And he's actually a really smart guy and a really, really good uh, local news guy. But he said on his show when I was a kid, and this always stuck with me, he said, uh, one thing that people have to understand about wanting a free society is that freedom hurts. Freedom means watching people do things you would not have them do. And mm-hmm. knowing that you can't really do anything about it. Uh-huh. Now, I don't think this is yeah. true in all cases of people doing things you don't like. There are absolutely steps you can take to try and mitigate at least its effect on you, and at most, their ability to do it in the first place. But, yeah. but that the, the line is drawn at violence. It's that yes. simple. And it's like, liberty, libertarians are defined, in my view. One of, the, one of the defining features of libertarians, I should say, is that they are really the only political ideology I know of that believes in freedom for things that they themselves do not endorse. Yeah, <laughs> as people, sure. as persons, I wouldn't tell people and to do heroin, but I don't think it's appropriate to beat people yeah. over the head and put them in cages for it. Con- conservatives and liberals, in large part, all believe in freedom to do what they, for people to do what they want them to do. It's yes. like oh. Fantastic. You think that people should be free to for your pet cause to do your pet causes or whatever. Yeah. Fantastic. To behave, that to tells me nothing. You would have them behave. And and this is another right, thing that we tells were talking me about. nothing. And I asked the question, what what's the difference then between every between people being free and you being king of the world? Right. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, you want freedom for people to do what you want them to do. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, and, and for the libertarian side, like, you know, they're free to do what they want to do as long as they don't commit violence. That, that's like, that is the line. The, the line is violence. It's not anything, you know, it's not like, well, uh, you know, uh, your haircut disturbed me yeah. or your tattoo <laughs> offended me. And now I'm going to have a cop crack your God skull. Who made a list of quote unquote degeneracy and it included blue hair. <laughs> It included pedophiles, tattoos, and blue hair. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all the same thing. Those are all the same level of, they're the same kind of bad, even. Yeah. Seems insane to me that you can have a category that, 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 a category that covers, that stretches that far. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That, that just seems insane to me. Um, (laughs) 
Yeah, that is nuts. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just it's just a thing I've noticed. It's just a thing like I've always been this belief of that like if you have an ethical principle, you don't really know if you have an ethical principle unless you've run it through stress tests, yes. right? Yeah, uh, like everyone can hold to an ethical principle when things are going great and the principle isn't tested, right? We can all say, oh, wow, yeah, of course, you know, murder is wrong. Sure. Uh, but it, it, I feel like it's always, um, it's always important to like test it like just and this is me personally when i when i like i started identifying as a libertarian i came to libertarianism by trying to poke holes in it and also trying to like like work out like the logical conclusions of it so i guess i kind of like just like uh intuitively like did this automatically but i feel like a lot of libertarians seemingly or maybe i I can't say a lot i don't know the number but some libertarians seemingly don't. Yeah, there's right? some proportion. They don't think out the conclusions. There's some proportion where they don't think out the conclusion of libertarianism, uh, specifically conclusions that they themselves as people might find offensive. They just um, like the way it sounds like for that. them. Right. They think, well, if if I was see, yeah, for a lot of people, I think it's like, well, libertarianism. Then I, that would be that would give me the ability to you know have my covenant community that i always wanted so that's great it's like okay yeah it could do that it could also you know uh, turn into something you despise yeah <laughs> so well i mean just like, like that. It, are you it in it like it seems like there are people that come is to liberty uh, i'm sorry continue yeah is li- no, i was gonna say is libertarian a means or an end for you yes exactly uh, is, is kind of what yes. this is all getting at yeah that's 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 exactly what i was gonna say that it seems like they come to it from the position of like um, I like the idea and the principles of libertarianism for me, but not for you. Mm-hmm. And right. that is yeah. that's because also, I want to be able also to do what sense. I want to do, uh, but you don't get to do what you want to do. It also that's indistinguishable though from the mindset of a dictator. A dictator oh, yeah. is uh, wholly free. A dictator is the most free person in the country. Yeah, <laughs> you absolutely. Know? Uh, uh, they can do whatever they want to do. Uh, but if, unless you believe in like liberty for other people, unless you believe that aggression is wrong when caused to other people other than yourself, you're not a libertarian. No. Like you're just that arbitrary, you just arbitrarily like freedom for yourself. Uh, that's not the same as being a libertarian. I think it's true though, too, that most people's political positions come from an arbitrary place. I think, I think, I, oh, think I agree, I agree people... with that. And, and I, I, I just don't hold really think they to a can higher be blamed standard. for it because we've said many times on the show no. before that most people are just concerned with feeding their family, right? They don't, they're not no, I, thinking about the theory of their politics. No, I agree. I agree. I just tend to hold libertarians to a higher standard is why. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Well, they should be. Yeah. They should be. There's yeah. an entire ph- philosophy, a school of philosophy, and one that's actually like libertarianism, as far as American libertarianism goes. Yeah. Exactly. As far as, as far as American libertarianism goes, it's not r- r- the basis of it really doesn't change. I mean, you'll have a lot of right. changing standards and conservatism cool. and liberalism and all this other stuff. But libertarianism pretty much stays the same. The standard's right. always kind of been the standard. Yeah. And unlike like liberalism or conservatism, uh, libertarianism, what's special about it is that all of the things we call rights most of the time are really just deductions from a single principle. Yes. Uh, so it, it's very much like this, uh, like, it's very much unified. In fact, um, I'll, pl- I'll, I'll actually, I'm going to plug a piece I love um, that talks about uh, libertarianism like this. It's called, um, it's by Roderick Long. It's by, it's called like, it's something, to, it has different uh, like titles in different places, but it's essentially like, why libertarians only believe there's one right 
Yeah. Uh, and that's not aggression. And it's showing that you can't add or subtract anything from libertarianism without destroying it. Yes. Logically. Um, you cannot add another right, I should say. You cannot add another... There cannot be a, a right to non-aggression plus a right to, like, welfare or something right. like that at the same time. You can't add these things. You can add things to libertarianism that aren't rights, that don't conflict with it, but you can't add another right on top that sits in the same spot as the non-aggression principle. Exactly. Um, it has to be deduced from the non-aggression principle, or it's just no good. Um, and it's 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 a great piece, and uh, Roderick Long actually breaks it down formally and shows you why that cannot be the case logically. Um, and it, it, it's a great piece, but it, it just shows you that I, I, I would like to see, you know, uh, uh, some people... I, I said before the show started, I said I'm an accelerationist in the sense that if you are a libertarian on a train, I want to get you to the end kind of, of the track, yes. of, as fast as possible, so get that I can see if you're still a libertarian by the end. <laughs> and if you're not a libertarian, get off. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I, <laughs> I think I, you yeah. said, what is it, like, if there's, what'd you say, if there was, like, a pipeline or, like, a... Uh, um, if there's a if there's uh, a libertarian uh, to fascist pipeline and you're in it, I want you out of it quickly. Uh, get, get yes, to the I end want already. you just... I, Stop yeah, fucking identifies up. Identifies Yes, I 100% <laughs> agree with that. Yes. Uh, so in that sense, I am a, an accelerationist, a hundred percent. I want to yeah. get you all the way through this uh, transformation you're going through as fast as possible, and uh, so that way, either you are, you know, a friend of liberty, or you're not, and you can get out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> quite frankly, yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, uh, it's it, there's no, there is no, um, and this is, you know, this was one of the things that we talked about last week is that I, I think there can be no more room if you're, if you're a person who considers yourself, you know, you said, you said, uh, that you came to libertarianism through trying to poke holes in it. I actually came, uh, to call myself an anarchist the same way. I was, I was, uh, very, yeah. very resistant to the label for all the reasons that a lot of people are. And, um, eventually I just couldn't I, anymore. I, I, like it was, the logic yeah. became so unassailable that it w there was no way for me to weasel my way out of saying yeah. I agree with this. You know what I mean? For me, I I wasn't really I, I wouldn't say I was resistant to it, but I was like kind of like doing a mental inquiry where I'm like, sure. okay, I'm I'm my foot's in the door for this so far, but let me just like go through all the possible deductions I can think of like this. Like I, I would think about people ask me all the like I've had people come up and ask me like how you know, how can you respond so fast on Twitter with all these arguments? And the truth is because I've had, because I have I've these already made them. myself for years. Yeah. Yes. I literally, I've made these same arguments to myself yes. in the shower for years. Exactly. Uh, and, and it's like, it's like muscle memory at this point when I'm responding to people. Uh, it's like, yeah, I know what you're asking. I know where this goes. Let me just jump ahead and tell you how this is solved. Yeah. This is how. Uh, let yeah. me let me show you how this line of thought ends because I've been here already. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, that's valuable. That's that's one of it's. It is good. It is. I think a uh, 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 uncontroversially good to uh, right. critique and interrogate your own positions. Yeah. Um, yeah. In order to assure yourself of them to some extent, if it turns out that way, or so you can stop right. being wrong. Um, <laughs> right. Because <laughs> that's, yes, that's important exactly. too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also, and, and just like, you know, at the end of the day, ultimately, uh, if you're, if you consider yourself a libertarian and you'd identify, look, every, I, 
we, we talked about this a little bit uh, at the end of the last episode when we talked about like thick versus thin libertarianism. And I still yes. think we should do like a whole show on it because I think we that should. would be really interesting. Um, but like, I think everyone is kind of a thick libertarian in their personal life in the sense that if we're, we're using it in the sense that you're a libertarian, but you also have cultural beliefs. You have beliefs about yes. things that are not pertaining to libertarianism. So I think everyone is sort of a thick libertarian in that if we're using thick libertarianism in that sense. I wonder um, if it can be better uh, described as like, um, libertarians are thick libertarians. Libertarianism is thin. Is thin. Yes, yes, that's a great, that's a great way to actually, uh, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. I like that. Um, uh, so yeah, in like your personal life, you know, you, as a human being, you know, libertarianism is an aspect of you, but you also have other stuff like that. Uh, but I, ultimately, the, the kind of, I guess, test of libertarians that libertarians have to go through is that assume that your non-libertarian beliefs do not pan out. Assume that the hopes that you had or like the society that you wanted to see that it that again, don't pertain to libertarianism. Let's say you're in a society and the non-aggression principle is just completely followed. So the libertarian side is good. Uh, yes. Now your non-libertarian beliefs, the, your cultural beliefs, let's say, or your religious beliefs, whatever. Everything um, that you believe that is not libertarianism out. turns out yes. to be very unpopular. Yes, and does not pan out at all. And you find yourself in a culture you despise. Which, are you still a libertarian at that point? And I think that's the question libertarians have to answer. And that is the que- and how you answer that will determine if you are actually a libertarian or not. And that if, question if ultimately answer, amounts yes, to, I, will you respond with violence? Yes, yes. Am I willing to tolerate? It, it ultimately does. It, it's a thought experiment that ultimately reduces down to a simple, uh, you know, principle: is Are you willing to use violence against non-aggressive people, even if the people you despise, even if you hate them more, you know, uh, with the fiery hatred of the sun? Uh, but they're non-aggressors. Um, are Are you still willing to treat them uh, peacefully? That doesn't mean you can't socially ostracize, try to like, you know, uh, use social ostracism or some other like peaceful mechanism, non-aggressive mechanism to get them to stop change their behavior or something uh, you can still do that under libertarianism you can make the argument let's all just day assume long. i mean i mean if you but let's let's go even yeah. further let's strengthen the hypothetical even further let's say that doesn't work let's say you are so unpopular in your own society that if you try that other people will just ostracize you uh right are you still willing to be a libertarian um yes i think that is a very important question people need to like consider and then come to their conclusion on yeah and, and, and that's why and i think that is ultimately the, the question yeah yeah, it is. Yeah, because there's you can believe a lot of things ancillary to libertarianism. Yeah. The the core of libertarianism, the non aggression principle, all that stuff is is mm-hmm. is what makes up libertarian. I like that description that 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 libertarians yeah. are thick. Libertarianism is thin, and yes, and and that idea that that you can you can have a lot of other things that we can argue about. Absolutely, I, I yeah, I fully intend. I, I still want to do an episode uh, of this show about um biological determinism and i i say that yeah. not because i'm a biological determinist i think the determinists get a lot of things wrong but that i agree with it i think more than you do and so yeah I I, be, yeah i'm sure that yeah yeah I, and i would be very interested to have that conversation but that doesn't affect libertarianism that doesn't affect the right. fact that whether you think one way or another on that issue i'm still not going to use violence in order to make you agree with me that's that's not right, the, exactly. That's not how yes. uh, peaceful, mature adults interact with one another. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exa- exactly. Yeah. And all the people who were like, like, maybe this is just a fault of mine, but whenever someone, whenever I see a libertarian and they start talking about like culture really strongly, 
I, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that that person is one ick factor away from yeah. having a violent tenter, temper tantrum on Fifth Avenue. <laughs> it's yeah. like so. And I kind of hate that. I, I will. I will say I kind of yes. hate that. That's the situation we're in culturally with the culture I know, where it's yeah. at and everything. Because there are things that I think socially, and I would love to be able sure, to just yeah. say them without having to put disclaimer after disclaimer about how I'm not saying this right. and I'm not saying this. I'm just saying this. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I, I don't, yeah. I, I really wish we weren't there, but I, we are. And, and it's one of those things where if, if someone's right. not making all those disclaimers and stuff, you end up looking at them sideways and, and it's not, you know, um, I, I don't think it's, I think it's just a reflection of the times. I don't really think it's a, yeah. a, even necessarily wrong to do because it turns out there have been a lot of cases in recent memory where, uh, yeah, looking at him sideways was right. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm not. I don't. I'm not applying it as a rule. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I. I if if I see someone who's like a libertarian and they have like they're like a right wing libertarian culturally, I'm not going to like uh, immediately judge them as like some bad person. No, you know I don't I mean? assume. Like, I'm not I, going to. Yes, I, I agree with you. I don't assume immediately, but I'm looking a little closer. Right, but if look like, if if your if your Twitter page is retweeting Ben Shapiro, if you're like a right wing libertarian, you have, you have an ANCAP flag in your bio, and then I see like ten retweets of Ben Shapiro in on your timeline, I'm gonna be like, hmm, yeah, retweeting <laughs> you know? Ben Shapiro's Barbie take, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. yes, it's like, hmm, no, exactly. well, that's know. what I mean by looking a little closer. I'm looking for that kind of thing, yeah, where it's like, right, what, what right. am I gonna? Yeah. Am I going to find something here that I think gives me more information or is this just somebody saying right. something that they believe, but it doesn't mean anything yeah. as far as the libertarianism goes? Um, right. Yeah. Which I think is fine and valuable and good. Um, I also I, I, I had this discussion with someone because they were talking about like, well, how libertarianism is not the most important thing. And it's like uh, in some sense, I absolutely agree with that. Where it's like uh, you can have things that, but libertarianism is the, at the same time a necessity, right? We it's talking about like yes, in the same way that you know something can be necessary but not sufficient. I think libertarianism is a necessity for a moral and a good life, but it's not sufficient. Not sufficient. I agree. So, so there are a so lot of things you can life, do that are not violative of libertarian ethics uh, or the, or the libertarian ethos. I should say it's not its own huh? ethic. Um. There's there's a lot of things that you could do that are not violative of the libertarian ethos, but are in fact highly immoral. <laughs> At least in my yeah, view. Yeah, or <laughs> yeah, and and also just won't lead to a fulfilling life, right? Sure. So like if all you did was just like if you lived your entire life and someone asked you, well, what did you do? And they said, well, I didn't aggress against anyone. It's like, well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, certainly yeah. great uh, um now justify but, why you did this <laughs> like can you tell me yeah, well, why it, you made this choice <laughs> well yeah I, but it also it's like oh it's, it's also like yeah there are in the same way right like um you can have there can be like things that are more important to you yes. at the same time you can't use that as an excuse to violate something that's a necessity <laughs> You know what I mean? Exactly, like yeah. if something is a moral necessity, just because something is more important to you than like libertarianism itself, um, that doesn't mean you're in the in the right to violate that uh, moral norm. If if importance is measured by how front of mind the thing is, 
if, mm-hmm. if that's if that's kind of how you measure that, yeah, then right. it makes perfect sense to me that libertarianism might in fact be the least important issue to you because right. I, it's, yeah. an, it's assumed in the back of your mind at all times and the things that are front it's of mind necessity. for you are other things. Right. It's a bare necessity. It's yeah. yeah, you don't, it's not like, yeah, right. Yeah. So it makes, that makes, that, that doesn't, yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, like I, you know, there's <laughs> truthfully, there's a lot of libertarians. I don't personally want to associate with people who self-describe as libertarians. So obviously sure. there are things more important to me than people who are quote unquote libertarians. Right. Uh, yes. You know what I mean? So, but that doesn't That's mean actually that a really good is. proof of that is that there's a lot of libertarians <laughs> yes. who are assholes. I don't want to be around them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but yeah. that, so yeah, that's obviously not the most important thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really good proof. Wow. <laughs> well <done>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I can simultaneously like hold that as true and not want to associate with some people who self-describe as libertarian. So yeah, yeah that's kind of how I square that. Even if it's they like, believe yeah, it yeah, in the same way I do, even if they, even if they're. Yes. Even if they don't, if we agree 100% on this is what aggression is, and this is why it's not good, and this is all this other stuff, but you're a dick in other ways, I'm, I'm probably not going to yeah. hang out with you. Right, exactly. Like, I'm glad you're not going to become a mass murderer or something, or even worse, an IRS agent, but you know, I, I'm not going to hang out with you. Yeah, I'm glad we agree on that, and I'll work with you on it, but we're not friends. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yep. Um. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's that's actually a really good point. And yeah. it's a good point to, uh, you know, going to this idea that that there are more important things should be more right. important things in your life than the, in your I, in your personal life. Than people seem to that. think that if something is more important, then that's a reason to violate something that we consider necessary and i think that's just wrong it's like no if something's necessary then by definition you can't violate it or you're not justified in violating a moral necessity you're not justified in violating a moral necessity uh but that doesn't mean it has to be front of mind it has to be the most important thing in your life as long as you're satisfying it you know, and you're not, you know, doing anything, then you can forget about it in some yeah, sense. As long exactly. As you're satisfied. Yeah. If it's, if it's the assumption running in the back of your mind, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's not the most important thing to you. Other things are front yeah. of mind. Yeah, sure. Yeah. People might not think of it, might not know this, uh, you know, uh, new listeners at least maybe might not uh, know this, but I, I don't ever really talk about libertarianism ever outside of Twitter uh, no. or like on the show. <laughs> no, well, I mean, so it's, it's, it's we, always... we, we talk about it on the show. We also talk about other things yeah. on the show. Um, yeah. And then, and, and you talk about it on Twitter, but I mean, even when we were hanging out at Childerberg, we didn't really yeah. talk about politics. No, I, I didn't talk about it at all at Childerberg. We played, we played, uh, we played a, uh, a, a tabletop game that Bojack put yeah. together. <laughs> like yes. we were doing other yeah. shit we with people we yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's important to yeah, have so, that it, it yeah. really is important to have that yeah and and not to be so obsessed with it unless i mean here's the thing if you're enjoying it fine like like that's yeah. the that's ultimately the difference ace i know you like talking about it on twitter and that's why you do it yeah. if you well, stopped liking also, it you wouldn't do it <laughs> right i had it there's a certain sense in which i like it but there's also a certain sense in which 
people think like I'm always thinking about libertarianism because I'm just always obsessed of it. Like it's always at front of mind, but that's not true at all. The reason I talk about it is because so many people seem to get it wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's <a lot>. annoying. <laughs> and it, it annoys me. And it's like, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> spite is the best motivator. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Well, yeah. So, so defending the indefensible was where this started. Um, uh, yep. Walter Block, uh, you don't have to agree with, as Ace said at the beginning, you don't have to agree with all the Walter Block's assumptions, but it is a very yeah. useful piece. Um, yes. I, I think I told Ace at the beginning that, that Hazlitt, uh, said that I don't agree with everything Block says. I didn't know that. a very important yeah. piece. <laughs> I didn't know he reviewed that. That's cool. I believe it was on the Mises page for the book, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Let me, let me, let me dig it up and just make sure real quick, because I, I don't want to be saying the wrong name, and that's a possibility, a remote one. Yeah, um, Henry Hazlitt, uh, there are things I strongly agree with and things I strongly disagree with, but the book throughout is amusingly sharply reasoned, courageous, and always provocative. That, oh, was, Hen- awesome. that was Hazlitt's take. <laughs> <laughs> Which is cool, like, because Hazlitt's not a, like, hardcore, like, no. liberty guy. He's a, he's a, he's mm-hmm. a, a, a free market economist, but he's mm-hmm. not, like, a yeah. hardcore liberty guy. Mm-hmm um that's cool you know, yeah it's, it's there's a lot of people who have kind of looked at it that way and then you have people like rothbard who said judging from the outrage responses in many libertarian quarters many of quote our people are not ready for this exciting and shocking adventure since libertarians <laughs> are or are supposed to be on the forefront of thought since their whole lives have been intellectual adventure in many ways the hostility becomes even more mysterious <laughs> 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 I think that's that's kind of what you were saying about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's definitely an important read. Yeah, I love that as a book review. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> um. All right. Was there anything else that you wanted to uh, mention, bring up, talk about? Uh, nope. I think that was. I think that was it. All right, man. Um, well, uh, hey, we got the we got the uh, the the law as a deterrence thing out of the way. We did. That was good. I really enjoyed that. I didn't know when that was going to happen, but we got it done. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely go uh, check out Defending the Undefensible. Um, you want to get to plugs? Uh yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry, uh, undefendable. I keep I keep mixing up undefendable and indefensible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's me being an idiot. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, uh yeah, ace underscore arcus on Twitter, um acearcus.substack.com and acearcus.bisky.social uh, on blue sky. All right. Um oh, by the way, I didn't tell you this and I'll tell you this now on the show. Um okay. I read that uh uh the long defeat piece to my mom. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> we were just hanging out and I was like, "Hey, uh check this out." Oh and wow! She fucking loved it. <laughs> oh wow! That, we'll, we'll tell her thank you. That's that's very sweet. Yeah, she asked me. She was that's like, awesome. "Send that to me. I want to read that." And she was like, "I want to print that out and like mark it up." <laughs> oh my god! That's, uh, that's that's one of the best. No, that's one of the best like reviews I've ever had for anything. Thank you. That that means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Tell her thank you. I will. I will. It's very very good, and that's on Substack. Asarkas. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, I'm Pacing Joska, J-O-U-S-K-A on uh, Twitter and on Blue Sky, Pacing Joska, J-O-U-S-K-A dot B-S-K-Y dot social. 
um, the show, T-E-T-C dot show on Blue Sky and uh, at T-E-T-C show on Twitter. I think those are the right ones. I think I've memorized them now. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Later, guys. Have a good one. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of The End Times Continue. For links and other information, come see us at TETC.show.